What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. I wonder if I want some tandoori wings or traditional wings or boneless wings. Are you on uh, pizza. what app are you on right now? I'm on Grubhub. I'm just looking Hub see what they have. for the Grub. They got, you can get some fettuccine Alfredo. Oh, that's true. I will say the Domino's pasta stuff is pretty good. Yeah, how that's was what we that? got last time. Was it? Oh, it wasn't the, because uh, I was thinking of the big dinner box or something like that. No. What's, it is that, was, that's a uh, Pizza Hut, right? I think so. Big dinner but box. But I don't think, does Pizza Hut deliver here? Because I thought I tried to do that last time I was here, and I didn't. Uh, and it said like we don't deliver to this location. Dude, the closest Pizza Hut that I know of is over in Sterling Park. It says uh, ready in an hour. An hour, Jesus Christ! Oh, I know which Pizza Hut it is. Okay, there is a Pizza Hut next to the B Dubs over uh, by um, the the Outlet Mall, or the Outlets, not the Outlet uh, Mall. It's not a mall technically. What do they got? They do have the uh, the stuffed. Crust, that's always a plus. Yeah, let me look. To go to. Wangs, pasta, two large, three topping pizza. Jeez Louise, and breadsticks, 30 bucks. My God. Yeah, cinnamon rolls. So, yeah, they got a little bit of everything. Let me look at their pasta. They got chicken Alfredo pasta. Oh, includes five breadsticks. Wow. For nine bucks. Look at that. We could get a family size chicken Alfredo. It's two pans of Tuscany chicken Alfredo pasta with five breadsticks. For us splitting that, or they have meaty marinara. Oh man! You ever had? It? It, it, here it is, the big dinner box. You get pizza, breadsticks, and wings, or something like that. Big dinner <laughs> box with wings, or big dinner box with pasta, or big dinner box with pizza box. Um, I think the wings one might not be a bad idea. Well, I heard wing but street. Wing street kind of sucks though. Then do we want to do? I like how they say Wing Street. Like, is it's it's Pizza Hut? Like, it's Pizza Hut Wings. It's not Wing Street Wings with pizza. This is this is you're asking the right question. <laughs> yeah, this is a um, this is a dilemma here. Then do we want the pasta one? Then that's up to you, man. I mean, pasta sounds pretty good. I'm, I've been into pasta lately. Okay, it's kind of my thing. What we should do is just put the box right here. <laughs> just oh yeah, I just, just start going ham at it. That sounds that, great to me. Nice. What kind of sauce are we talking? There's uh, the classic marinara, the garlic parmesan, the barbecue, and the buffalo. This is for the pizza? Yeah, there's two pizzas. And Jesus then... Christ. Um, well, I think one of the pizzas we should go kind of funky with, and the other one we should kind of keep fairly standard. Keep it classic. 
Yeah, so maybe one of them do like, you know, like some weird like garlic parm sauce or barbecue sauce and get some A white like sauce weird made with parmesan and, and Romana cheeses, butter and garlic. Well, I like all those. Yeah, is that the garlic parm? Yep. Okay, why don't we try the garlic parm it's sauce? It add 20 calories per slice for that. <laughs> that sounds great to me. <laughs> garlic parm, regular cheese. You want to do extra sauce or just regular light? Regular. Regular? Okay. Regular cheese? Regular okay. cheese is fine. Crusts. Ooh. Toasted parm, garlic, buttery parm. I mean, we're going with the parm, the creamy garlic parm, <laughs> so we might as well go toasted parm for the crust. 10-4. Um, and then the real question is what toppings we work in with the... Uh, yeah, what's this? a good... Uh, do we need to Google this? Like, they have what's meatball, it? Italian sausage, grilled chicken... Pork, beef, grilled chicken. I'm thinking something like in the chicken realm or like the meatball sausage realm would probably work well. I mean, we can go meatball sausage. I mean, then we can go with pepperoni chicken for the other one. Yeah, let's do that. Meatball sausage. Add, add 60 calories per slice. Jeez, yeah. Louise, this is... Oh, yeah, yeah, but I don't really care. Yeah, um, yeah look, at, look at me. Um, let's see. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. All right, so then we have oh, it's a one-topping pizza. So <laughs> the last one we're probably gonna get charged more for it. Um, okay, so you want to do classic? Yeah, okay. what's the classic with this one? Uh, crust flavor. Crust what's a hut favorite? Hut favorite. A garlic buttery blend with a sprinkle of grated Parmesan and Italian <laughs> herbs. Why not? Hut favorite. Yeah, let's go with the hut. Then if we need to do one topping for the next one, which one would you prefer to have? The meatballs or the? Uh, what sausage. was the other one? Sausage? Yeah. Um, meatballs makes it feel a little more like a, it's pasta. <laughs> pasta and pizza. I, we're getting pasta, it's right? It's a pasta pizza. <laughs> okay. Because okay. isn't that come with the dinner box? Is the pasta? Yep. Too? Okay, breadsticks. Okay. Yeah. The, their breadsticks are money. Okay? Yeah. No, we got to get the breadsticks. But uh, so do you want the regular or the cheesy? I think you got to stick with the classic. Oh, yeah, I think you got to go regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the for the pasta, yeah. that's an interesting conundrum because we've got the meaty marinara and you've got chicken Alfredo. Now, we basically created a chicken Alfredo pizza. on a pizza. <laughs> yep. um, that doesn't mean that we can't order chicken Alfredo. But if we're watching our calories, uh, it's because like one's 890 and one's 820. But it's only se- – it's, it w- that, that's, that's the thing, though. 70 calories yeah. per pan or, or extra for the chicken Alfredo. So it's like – that's like 35 extra. I mean, we, yeah. we added the garlic buttery toaster. Yeah, or, that's uh, true. So it doesn't really matter. So We're already past the point of no return. Yeah, exactly. But do we want the meaty marinara? Or, I mean, I like both of those pastas. I will eat. you. I'll let you decide. No, I'll let that. you decide. <laughs> I, guess we'll, I, I guess we can go meaty marinara just because we already went with like a. Okay. Hey, I'm not afraid of hey, don't, don't don't come back and, and not feel good I about your decision here. Uh, I will always feel good about my decision. And then they they throw you all the yeah. can we tempt you with all the other things. It's yeah. like I just ordered <laughs> like thousands <laughs> of calories worth of food. <laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. So it says what was it twenty two dollars? Oh yeah, then there's tip. Any That's coupon right. codes we can use? Wow, the delivery fee is four dollars. Good lord. Try to look at some other options real fast before we uh, commit to this uh, $4 delivery charge. Why, I don't understand when a restaurant, or if they're considered restaurants, why do they have delivery charges when they're based for delivery? Yeah, it's just another way like, to make to scam us out of money, our hard-earned dollars. Like, I, just, I, just, I don't understand that. Like, Why would you charge somebody to piss them off? I mean, I can see maybe a, a $2 charge or something like that. That's, that's, you know, that's whatever, $4? 
Yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty messed up. Oh, Rubino's free delivery. You ever had Rubino's before? I don't think so. Their pizza is bad. Ace. I would eat it, dude. They have good pizza, and it's not that far away. They got pasta. They got they got wangs if you really wanted it. Yeah. Go look okay. at for, go look at Rubino's because they have, they got free delivery. Man, so much pressure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at Rubino's menu. Our menu. Okay. Appetizers and sides is what I like should, at. Oh, they do have garlic knots. <laughs> <laughs> then do we do a pizza from Rubino's with some knots? I mean, I, I'm I, I'm looking. I mean, because they got some other good stuff like uh, like you know, Parmesan, chicken Parmesan, Strombolis, calzones. I've had a calzone there before. It's very good. They do have a lot of good stuff here. They have some create your own pasta. Oh, don't even tempt me. Like get cano- they got cannolis. Well, whatever it is, we gotta order it because <laughs> we're gonna run out of time. That's true. All right. So here, before we get to the show here, sure. So you and I, and, and most people who know us, okay, we have been broadcasting for high school and collegiate. You were used to be the the voice of the girls' basketball team at George Mason. That's what I pride myself on. Exactly. That's what you have on your resume at the top. Um, but I've had a, a, a TV show out in Maryland uh, for, for uh, Howard, Howard Juco. And uh, so we've done high school and college. So uh, we've been also broadcasting for about – Eight years or so, at least uh, in, in that realm. You also you started a little bit earlier than me when you started at Herndon. And the one, I guess you could say, uh, thing that I have a little bit of a grievance on is when you get paired up with somebody that's like a coach or that basically, you know, doesn't really, you know, know how to broadcast. Like, we're not sure, t- it happens we're not, all the time. We're not talking about podcasting or. Or, or anything like that, where you can just go and f- be free and, and do whatever you want to do, uh, like like we do here, basically. You know, we just banter and we do whatever. But, I mean, looking at this, okay, I'm sitting there broadcasting four, four soccer games, which, yep. you know what, okay, it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm not, obviously, right now, you know, people listening out there, I apologize if I'm coughing or whatever, if I feel, if I sound <laughs> nasally or whatever, I'm getting over a cold. Uh, that's what happens when you work with elementary school kids and everything like that. Ugh. You know, it's 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 the, it's 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 rewarding, but then it's also not at the same time. But uh, when when this happens, but uh, literally, I get there and I had to drive to Baltimore, which wasn't the greatest, but you know what? I got you know a, a decent sum of money to get out there. So I get out there, and uh, this guy tells me, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to be broadcasting with you." And I'm like, "All right, nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you." You know, blah blah blah. And he's also producing, which we, me and you have done multiple times. We've produced, we've done camera and broadcasted multiple games at once in one day. Yep. And, uh, you know, we know how hard that is. And some people out there have realized after I've done some Facebook Lives at certain broadcasts and stuff like that before. And even when you, you, you know, describe it to some people, they're like, wow, you do all that stuff? It's like, yeah, yeah, we do it, you know. And we don't really complain about it. We, I mean, obviously we don't like to do it because we like to just show up and talk. But at the same time, when you go there, this guy's producing. I said, yeah, all right, man, it's, it's okay. You can, take, uh, you can take some time. You don't have to talk every single time. I can handle it for the most part. Uh, but being under the weather, it's not that great when you're congested and all that stuff, trying to talk for, you know, basically eight hours when you're doing four soccer games. And <laughs> this guy took that. A very nice guy. Don't get me wrong. Very nice guy. But he took that and ran with it. And basically, two or three of the games, he went to the bathroom and was gone for like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, God. And I'm like, dude, these high school games only last about 80 minutes. They have 40-minute like <laughs> halves. And I'm sitting there. And the problem, he was an okay producer because the crowd mic was sometimes too low. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm just sitting in the bathroom talking to myself because it's so quiet. And then one of the games, 
the fans just decided not to. I mean, there was a lot of fans there, but they just decided not to cheer or anything. So you could pod that crowd mic all the way up, and you could hear zip. It was like crickets, and, and you, you, could, you could hear literally a car start from 300 yards away. It was that quiet. And I'm sitting there. I'm just like, man, I, I, this is the broadcast, or these are the broadcasts, I should say. That are just not fun to do, man. And you know it too. Yep. It's like they're just not. And that's I, I know I'm airing a grievance, kind of a venting little topic here. But it's just like, come on now. It's like I understand like people schedule people and this and that. And you know, you might you might know a lot about sports, but you got to know the you know. You, that's why people mute the TV and they, they hate the broadcasters. But don't try to broadcast sports and not listen to the TV. I listen to the commentators all the time to see if I could add something to myself or whatever it may be. But I mean, come on. It's, like, you sit there and you're just like talking to yourself and you're just waiting for the guy to come back from the bathroom. The bathroom's <laughs> only 50 feet away and he's just in there. I don't know if he's texting, talking on the phone, ordering a pizza for himself later that night. I just don't, I don't, like, I don't get it. Like, I'm like, dude, I've been sitting here for 15 minutes by myself talking about a 0-0 soccer game where all the players down there are just basically kicking it back and forth and I can't say they're playing ping pong enough. I've said it four times already. Because there's nothing else to say. I mean, there's nothing worse than doing uh, a broadcast like that where you are just on an island. Oh yeah, exactly. You're on an island. Best by way yourself. to put it. Best way to put it. <laughs> I, like literally, you are literally out there with Wilson, and Wilson obviously it's basically like Wilson because Wilson never talked, even though Tom Hanks thought he talked, but he he never did. Maybe he did. We just didn't see it on camera. Yeah, you never it, know. It, it could be a paranormal activity, <laughs> just, like, just like some of your uh, your other uh, podcasts. Yeah, that know. is true. <laughs> so did we make a, a, a declaration here? Are we going Rubinos? Are we going Dominoes? I think we're, Rubinos might. I think this, right. I think Rubinos is going to be 4.8 out of 5 stars. Make seven, it happen. 72 ratings. I think they're going to be our sponsor are of the show today. Are we going pizza or are we going pasta? I think we need to make that decision off air, and we'll let everyone know when it gets here. We will. <laughs> we will let you know. Absolutely. (laughs) I didn't know what you wanted to do. I thought you were still talking. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back, and we'll come right back for the start of the DC crossover. All right. It's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome back, Pine Ponies, to the DC Crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. I am Mike Cerrone. Alongside me is the one and only, as your own, Ben Simpson. Ben, you know what? It's uh, it's been two weeks in a row that you've been here in my, uh, what do they call this, the the kitchen area? I don't know. I mean, it's like the kitchen table area. Not really a kitchen, but hey, two weeks in a row, man, you're not running a half marathon or you're not... Clearly not with yeah, the, the amount of something. food that we've had the past oh two weeks gosh. in a row. And uh, you know, prior to our pre-show banter, which you guys just heard right here before our intro, uh, we ordered some Rabino's pizza, and uh, we also got a couple sides as well. We spent like $70, <laughs> and uh, literally, uh, we just got it delivered, and uh, you know what? We took a quick break from recording to go take a nice slice, and 
I think Ben is is one of his new favorite places because honestly, that guy had three plates full. Oh, it's uh, you know fantastic, Rubino's. I mean, <laughs> I think I've had it once before, but we uh, you didn't it remember was a it a long time cause... ago. No, but this has made an impact <laughs> on me, not only my stomach but my mind. I mean, this is something yeah. where I feel a connection with Rubino's now. <laughs> uh, I feel like I want them at my firstborn. Uh, you know, they, they, I, want to, I want them to christen my firstborn with pizza sauce instead of uh, the Ooh, holy water. Damn. Um, and uh, <laughs> they did they did a good job. I, uh, I I thought that was delicious. Real quick, did you see that video? It was like a viral video that I think I saw on Instagram or something like that. Where the the, the they call it the, the priest? Is that what they call that? That what the christening thing is? Yeah. Okay. The priest. I, don't, I didn't want to get it wrong. So they were holding the baby, and then he was pouring the water, and then all of a sudden the baby just like lunged forward and went <laughs> right into the water. That a boy. <laughs> and the the parents were like oh oh, oh. oh it was uh, it was pretty funny to watch. Obviously, it wasn't funny if you were there. Uh, so sorry if you're out there listening and that was your baby. Yeah, you um, just pissed off. The but, uh, Crowd. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know if we had one in the first place. But uh, anyways, again, this is the D.C. crossover. We crossover all four major D.C. sports teams in the D.C. market. The Caps, the Wiz, the Redskins, and the Nationals when they are in season. Uh, once again, I am Mike Cerrone. Alongside me is Ben Simpson. And Ben, uh, let's get right into our initial reactions of the Washington Redskins. Uh, cheap loss to the Houston Texans. They should have won that game. And I'm going to get right into it real quick. Sure. I have some gripes to say. Okay, and, and I tweeted it out. It has my tweet actually at Cerrone sixteen. If you want to go follow my personal Twitter, actually has over eleven thousand views so far. Eleven thousand interactions. My tweet does. I took a picture of that last pass play that Colt threw to Josh Doxson down the left side of the field. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm not alone on this because obviously there was I had fifty five retweets or something like that, and fifty five likes, something like that. Obviously, my most ever. And literally. When I looked at it, I was like, "That that was not a pass interference." And then, you know, uh, is it Greg Gumble? The Greg? That's the first name, right? And uh, I, I was thinking of another Gumble, um, but they didn't even say it on the air. They didn't say anything. Trent Green didn't say anything. They they, they didn't mention. It. They were like, "Oh, they passed down the field. Okay, man, incompletion." Like I'm like, he just got mauled. I mean, he they should be thrown in prison for what they just did. I mean, literally. Uh, Josh Norman, in, the, in the, the series before that, for the Texans, before they missed the field goal, they called a holding penalty on him, which extended the drive on third down and five when they stopped him. Uh, and, and literally, and I, Ben, I know you were busy, so you didn't catch all the entire game, but this series, did you see that Josh Norman hold, though? I'm pretty sure you did. Literally, he, he, it was a ticky-tack foul. That's what everyone was saying on Twitter. That's what everyone was saying on social media, on the, on the broadcast, everything. They were like, Trent Green even said he was like, I didn't see anything there. I mean, he literally had DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, basically he was, he was bodying him up, but he didn't touch him at all pretty much. He had his hand on his back, but there was no jersey grab, no nothing. And literally, it was so funny because Deshaun Watson was scrambling to the opposite side of the field. Yeah. And the only thing that they could have called a holding penalty on was the very end when he grabbed his jersey, but DeAndre Hopkins wasn't moving. He was standing still. <laughs> I mean, literally, he was standing like a statue, and he just grabbed his jersey, and they were both just standing. And Deshaun Watson was 20 yards uh, to the opposite side of the field, the opposite sideline. And they called a holding penalty on that with extended the drive. Luckily, we stopped them, and they missed the field goal, so we had a chance. But you call that. You know, when the game's on the line, you call that. And then how many times have refs called uh, pass interference penalties for those long, uh, you know, passes at the end of the game and all that stuff, and they get a chance for a field goal? You've seen that for years. And then all of a sudden, you see this this 
uh, play that they throw it deep to Josh Doxson. I'm pretty sure that Jay Gruden would have said, hey, let's go for a five-yard out or let's do something to try to get uh, another couple yards um, for Dustin Hopkins to try this long field goal. Yes, it was a 63-yarder, but you don't think, you know, what him making, I think it was a 56-yarder a few weeks ago, you don't think he would have tried to go for a, a nice little five-yard route with George oh, Reed sure. or somebody else. I think he was trying to go for that pass interference call, and they should have got it. That was embarrassing by the referees. Um, uh, Joe Theismann uh, said on, 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 uh, on Twitter, he said that these refs are awful, basically. Uh, Matthew Barry, the fantasy expert for ESPN and all, the, all these outlets and whatnot, uh, he, he ended up saying, uh, why was that not a pass interference uh, for the Redskins game? I mean, they, they had these guys that are verified on Twitter that are Hall of Famers saying, why was that not a pass interference? No one was talking about it except for social media. That's why it's so funny because they didn't say it on the post-game show. They didn't say it anywhere else. But all of a sudden, you see, literally, the guy jumped over jo- Josh Doxson's back. If you go to my Twitter, again, Cerrone16, go on Twitter and check out one of my last few tweets. It, it was embarrassing. I mean, the ball was 10 yards away. Literally, the ball was 10 yards away. The guy's on top of his back. And then, of course, you have the, the, these blowbags on Twitter that are sitting there saying, oh, well, he, he was playing the ball. It shouldn't be a penalty. Uh, okay, well, I guess Josh Doxson. Oh, my God. <coughs> Oh, he's getting all worked up. Getting all worked up. Uh, Josh Doxson, I guess. I guess you know if he, it's okay to just just push somebody over if you're playing the ball. I mean, you could say that for every single pass. I mean, it's just it's, yeah. the, it's the dumbest thing in the world. It was a rough. It was a rough game in all aspects. I mean, obviously. Thank the you for biggest, giving me a break. No problem. I mean, obviously, <laughs> the, you know, the biggest news of of it all is is the Alex Smith news, and that's you know been a yeah, another subject note. matter of uh, a lot of a lot of news stories here today, and then obviously the news of late uh, with Mark Sanchez uh, being signed to be the backup quarterback for the Washington Redskins as Colt McCoy will be thrust into the starting role. And yeah, Mike, it's, uh, you know, the Alex Smith experiments apparently is, is over in Washington, D.C. At least for this and, year, yeah. Um, yeah, and possibly future. I mean, it's one of those yeah. types of injuries where some guys just don't ever come back from that. Um, now, I asked my dad last night sure. uh, because, obviously, you know, the other generation, you know, they got to see Theismann and, and Doug Williams and all these guys more so than we did, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at it, I asked him, I said, you know what, that, that might be his end of his career possibly. My dad actually said that, uh, yes, that ended Theismann's career, but Theismann also had, uh, like, a, a, I think he said he had an insurance policy uh, on his body, which Kirk Cousins d- uh, mentioned last year he did as well. So, Joe Theismann really wasn't. That was at the end of his career as well. They didn't really have you know that that itch to say, okay, I'll, I'll come back and try to you know work back at it. And also, the technology wasn't where it is now, where it was then. But literally, you you see it, and it's like this might be a career ender because he's thirty three years old. I mean, he's no, thirty three years he's old. He's got twenty million guaranteed to him for the next two years, doesn't he, on his yeah. contract? So, so and that's he the thing that, have yeah, to... they, they have an out for him. Okay, so this, he ha- he's technically if he comes back, he's technically the quarterback at least for uh, this coming next year. And the year after that, and then the Redskins can opt out of that contract. Yeah, which they likely will at that yeah. point. But they, they they're going to be paying him for the next two years, uh, and and likely, I mean, again, it's possible. We, we would obviously love for Alex Smith to get better and, and be able to play in the NFL again. Yeah. Nobody would say that otherwise. But it's just a somber note. Pretty much. Yeah, but it's also one of those things where the likelihood of him being able to come back and play is, you know, not super high with with that type of injury. But uh, you know, now the Redskins get into this mode where. They're going to have to move on and kind of see where they're at. I mean, this is still a team that's 
for leading the division. They're still in first place. They've still got some huge games coming up, especially in three short days uh, as they take on the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. There's still a lot of le- football left for this team, Mike. There's it seems to be, I mean, you're the diehard Redskins fan between the two of us, and there seems to be a lot of talk from Redskins faithful uh, that, oh, the season's done. We're yeah. out. You know, you, you lose to Alex Smith. Is Alex, I mean, again, Alex Smith, solid quarterback. He's done a nice job for them this season. But, Mike, I don't see this being a season-ender situation for the Redskins. Uh, am, am I wrong for thinking that? I mean, that it's not a season-ender? Not, obviously not. Because, it, it, I mean, look, look at this. It's, it's kind of uh, idiotic to say, oh, season's over. Like, everyone was literally, like, looking at the Redskins. And uh, I'm saying experts out there. I'm saying fans. I'm saying everything. We're literally looking at the Redskins and saying, oh, man. This is such a this is such a tough break. I mean, you know, Alex Smith is done. Stuff like that. Alex Smith, okay, good quarterback. You know, I think we can co- go with that. Great, yeah, good solid. Quarterback. Yeah, I mean, but he know. wasn't throwing three hundred yards a game. No, no, it's exactly that's three like, touchdowns. He wasn't like losing. I mean, if, if the Saints lose Drew Brees, you think they're going to go to the Super Bowl? No. I don't think so. Do you think you think the Rams lose Todd Gurley? You think they're going to go to the Super Bowl? Probably oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, if you lose an MVP type guy, you know, if the Redskins lost Adrian Peterson for the rest of the year, I'd probably say, yeah, the no. season might be in yeah, trouble. Exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you look at some of these quarterbacks like Cam Newton, like, the guys that are. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. You think he, Aaron Rodgers went down? Look at Aaron Rodgers before when he went down. Uh, you know, a few years ago with the ACL. Like, Obviously, they, they were terrible. You know, and the collarbone and all that kind of stuff. So it's like you got to look at. How these people like was Alex Smith going to be the MVP of the season? No. no, 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 not even close. I mean, he's right now his his stats twenty one hundred yards. Okay, that's not bad, but you're literally ten games of the season, so that means you're really only averaging like what like two hundred and twenty yards a game or so. That's that's not big numbers to put it that way. And that's the thing is, yes, he did throw. Uh, you know, two picks yesterday. Yesterday, one of them was pretty much uh, wasn't the game ender, obviously, but that 101, 102, whatever it may be, uh, whatever it was uh, statistically a bad area yeah. of the field for you yeah. to throw. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We'll put it that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to talk while I'm sick, but it's it's, it's, it's not going well so far. <laughs> but literally, you, you think about it. His his average yards per game, 210 is actually the the, the correct number. 25th in the league. Not that good. Not putting a lot of points on the board. I mean, they're, they're still top 12 in rushing yards per game. And he actually didn't use his legs as much as people thought they, that he would this year moving over to the skins. But literally, I, I just don't think it's going to be a season ender because Colt McCoy, they said a good uh, insurance policy to have is Colt McCoy is going to be with them through 2020, number one. Yep. Number two. He's been he's, there. For, he's been in the system for yeah. four or five years. And, I mean, literally, they said his last uh, start was back in 2014 or whatever, maybe. Okay, that, that, that's, that's fine. But he's still playing. I mean, it's not, it's not like he's just sitting on his ass, you know, in, at practice doing nothing. I mean, Jay Gruden literally, literally uh, wants him to start every single time. He didn't. I mean, he obviously liked Alex Smith and stuff like that. He didn't have anything against him. But he wanted Colt McCoy. You, you've been hearing it for the past two years. Oh, Colt this, Colt that. I think Colt has a, has a chance to start in the NFL all this kind of stuff obviously he doesn't have a big chance because no one's going to trade for him or sign for him or whatever it may be i mean sure think about it though colt he he's he's one of those guys that is kind of like a uh, mark sanchez who they just signed obviously where he goes out there and he'll give you uh, a solid backup performance i always look at um someone like matt moore who was in the for the miami dolphins uh for a few years he did he did a lot of fill-in role he's kind of like a ryan fitzpatrick that doesn't throw that many picks okay yeah. colt mccoy does throw picks don't get me wrong but he's a little bit better than ryan fitzpatrick in my opinion and sure. That, that's, I mean, you look at it, and it's, it's like it's not the worst option to no, go I to. No, I think the step from Alex Smith to Colt McCoy is not that big of a gap. Yeah. I think there's obviously a gap 
uh, interceptions, you know, but that's yeah, I mean, the, turn, yeah. the, the turnover yeah, factor. But yeah, yeah. Alex Smith, the, the thing that you could count on Alex Smith is the guy's not really going to throw that many turnovers. He's going to be a guy that takes care of the football for the most part. But I think it, it isn't, as you said, it's not a step from, uh, you know, a, a Drew Brees to a Colt McCoy or an Aaron Rodgers to a Colt McCoy. I yeah. mean, this is Alex Smith, a dependable quarterback, going to Colt McCoy, who, you know, is a guy that's been around for a while. He's been in the system for a while. He's Is, is he, you know, suddenly a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? No, of no. course not. But the Redskins don't need him to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. They no. need him to just produce kind of like the way Alex Smith did. Yeah, that, I mean, throw it, 150 yards, seriously. throw a couple touchdowns, you know, don't don't throw a ton of picks, and, and Redskins will be happy with that. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is that I look at is everyone's so worried about the turnovers and, oh, my God, the turnovers are going to start to come. I mean, literally, we almost won that game yesterday uh, with Alex Smith throwing two picks because the defense, uh, besides those first two drives, they were dominant. They let off yeah. 10 points oh, yeah. in the first two drives. Uh, and, and literally, I mean, after those first two drives, they went rock solid. And I think I, and I told my dad this is at the same time. If the defense gets a break, that they can go back and look at film or do whatever on those iPads, the Surface Pros, all that kind of stuff. If the offense can go out there, get two or three first downs, and if they still punt, okay, you know, whatever works. But it's like if they can get a first down or two, get them an extra, you know, two, three minutes to, to look at stuff. I mean, think about it. If they go three and out, three and outs usually are, are less than five minutes. You know, you get off the field, you get some Gatorade, you get some water or whatever, you get some oxygen, whatever it may be. Think about it this way. When are you going to get a chance to look at look at film of what happened last drive? You're not. Yeah, that's the thing. So when you when you think about it, when you're on the sideline for say five to ten minutes, you get a chance to take a breather, get some get, get some fluids, get whatever, get some treatment if you need to get stretched out or whatever it may be, and then all of a sudden look at some film, do whatever you need to do to the point where that's when you go out there, you fix the mistakes, and you adjust on the fly. And that's the problem is that's what you saw in the first couple of drives. They didn't do anything. They had the, they they went out there, let off ten points, and you know they they, they basically broke. When we always say bend don't break, but then the rest of the game they hardly even bent because they were just dominating. Obviously, you know, when you look at the stats, they did let off uh, a decent amount of rushing yards. Lamar Miller only 86, uh, but Alfred Blue had a couple big runs. Uh, but l- lately, their, their, rush, their, their rush defense hasn't been as good as it was uh, the first five to six games of the no, season. No. But at the same time, they're still holding guys. You know, I mean, they're still, even with those few bad games the last three, they're still like top uh, five or top six or something like that in the NFL for rushing defense. Oh, yeah. This is still a good defensive team, and they still have, you know, their weapons. They still have Jordan Reed. They have Josh Jackson. They've got, you know, uh, and then you had even Trey Quinn, who had a nice game uh, for the Redskins as well, um, getting four catches. Think about it. That that was a team right there that won six in a row. Now they've won seven in a row, but it's like. That was a winnable game. The Redskins were with them. They were with them the entire time, even when Alex Smith turned the ball over. So it's like. They had turnovers themselves, obviously. With uh, they, they won the turnover battle by one, which is kind of surprising. But at the same time, I mean, you 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 look at the stats and they they played pretty darn well. And I have to give it to them because of the sole fact that you know when you look at the offense. I mean, overall, Adrian Peterson. He, he didn't have a great game, per se. We'll put it that way. I mean, 51 yards. He only had 16 carries, but he did have some, some really nice runs where he cut it to the outside when he had to. Colt McCoy, he had five carries, 35 yards. I mean, let's move on to Colt McCoy talk real quick. Sure. Okay. He had six. He was six for 12, 54 yards. Not that great. Still under 10 yards of reception, but he went down the field like four or five times. And Alex Smith has gone four or five times in the last three or four games. I mean, that's the thing. He... Smith was playing it safe. McCoy's not. Trust me. Yeah, McCoy's definitely going to take more chances, and that's that's kind of the type of quarterback he is. And um, obviously, again, we haven't really 
seen him that much since 2014 and, yeah. and the five games that he played there and uh, you know put up some good stats, but also had the interception. So, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a different quarterback. It's sure. going to be a guy that is going to be more of the gunslinger. Uh, that's why it's funny. His name's Colt, like the Colt 45. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but stand up comedy. He's, he's going to be, he's going to be that type of quarterback. It's the Ben show. But I do think, <laughs> um, I do think that that, you know, uh, that was something that we sometimes complained about Alex Smith about. I mean, yeah. we sometimes said, hey, look, it would be great if... Take a uh, chance or two. It would be great if, if you know, Josh Doxson could get a 66-yard catch or something yeah. like that. Or, uh, you know, Mo Harris or one of those guys could, could do something. Uh, I mean, when we're sitting here talking about yeah. a Josh Doxson, you know, 12-yard out as being a great catch, stuff like that, that's not too exciting. But when you see Colt McCoy throwing, you know, darts down the field, I mean, yeah. that, that touchdown throw he threw, uh, his, like, third play in the game after the turnover by the Texans to, uh, to Jordan Reed in the corner of the end zone, that was a dime. He dropped that right in the bread basket, put the lotion in the basket. It, it, <laughs> like, you, know that, you know that reference? No, I, I am well aware of the okay, reference. <laughs> I don't know if it applies, but, yeah. Or maybe it doesn't. Uh, but, yeah, so <laughs> overall. I think we, we, we can definitely agree the fact that this was a winnable game for the Redskins. Yeah. They lost it. Uh, maybe Move the on. Alex Smith injury was kind of you know, got to them a bit. Yeah. I think another thing uh, that for the Redskins is this Thursday, I mean, yeah, it would be great if they pull off a win, but this is a, a, a game on a short short rest with kind of a, now a new starting quarterback and direction of this team. You, you may get the letdown there, but your next game after that, you can kind of start reloading. You've got a, yeah. a big Eagles game coming up on, on the Monday night football game on December 3rd. You oh, got yeah. the Giants, you got the Jags, you got the Titans. You get that extra winnable rest games. Too, yeah. You get the extra. Those are three winnable games in a row. I mean, I think even the, the, the Skins can put a good game against the Eagles, too. Well, the Eagles, uh, they're a shell of themselves. I mean, yeah. I think Carson Wentz had three picks, no touchdowns. I mean, that injury, I don't, now I don't know if it's just the injury, but but if it is the injury, I, he's, he's hurting. Because uh, did you see any time last year, even the year before his rookie season, him throw three picks, no touchdowns, and look look terrible? Yeah. I mean, he was pissed it was pretty to the bad. point where he was throwing throwing towels on stuff. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you don't really want to see that, but if, yeah. if you're a Redskins fan, you do. I think realistically, you could look at an 11-5 and five finish for this team. I think it is in the realm of possibility. <laughs> I, I, I'm already kind of counting Thursday as a loss for against Dallas. I know you're, you're saying that uh, you give them a chance, and I, I wouldn't necessarily count them out, but yeah. Just in my mind, I think on, on a short rest, as they're trying to figure this all out, you know, take the loss on Thanksgiving, give it to Dallas, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, put up a good game. Well, but then you're still tied. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not the end of the world if you lose that game. And then, uh, but your real focus should be the Monday night showcase against the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, a team gotta, that, like you said, yeah. is not as good yep. as, as people may think they are. And then you get to go on a roll. I mean, you could definitely beat the Giants. You could definitely – I think you can beat the Jacks. Well, I think the Jacks just Titans. lost to the, to, to the Steelers. They were up 16 nothing, their yeah. best defensive game all year. And all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, you see the Steelers come all the way back, and they, they score with, uh, what, five seconds left with a, with a Big Ben, uh, John Elway-type dive. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's a big goon. But still, I mean, still, he went in there, dove, and, and sacrificed his body, scored that touchdown against the Jags. And the Jags now – they started three and one. They've lost six in a row. I mean, that's that's just terrible. So these are winnable games. So these are yep. opportunities for the Redskins to, you know, finish uh, finish the season strong uh, and and head into the playoffs. And and so I think there's still this, as we said, the season is not done for the Redskins. Yep. They have a lot of opportunity left, and they got a lot of football to play. And I think the Mark Sanchez signing, uh, you know, out of all the options. 
he was probably the best option. You bring the the experience. Put it this way: there's not a lot of not a lot of good no, no, options. There's not a lot to work with. <laughs> when Mark Sanchez is your best option, you know you're not a lot of, <laughs> not a lot to work with. But I think, and I, I know everybody kind of goose because it's Mark Sanchez and he played on the Jets and the, you know butt fumble and all that stuff. Yeah. But at the same, at the end of the day, he's a veteran quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not. You know, he's he's going to be backup, so we probably won't even see him on the field yeah. uh, for the Redskins anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Hopefully. It's kind of a placeholder position. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but if Let's not, go. if Colt does, you know, go out for yeah. a series or something like that, I, I mean, I feel okay having Mark Sanchez be out on the field. I yeah, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel horrible for it. I mean, that's the biggest thing yeah. is you got to look at here is that, hey, it's a backup quarterback. We don't have to keep talking about it. Everyone, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, exactly. they're, they're reporting on it, doing this, doing that. It's like, I understand. That, that, that's nice. That's all, that's all fine. And, you know, I, I, all I wanted to know was who they were trying out and who they picked. That's all I wanted to know. And then that, you, you move on because Colt McCoy is your starter quarterback now, and he's pretty durable for the most part. So let's just, let's just leave it like that. But, Ben, let's, let's get real quick into our uh, stock up, stock down, and then we'll go uh, into our quick preview and our prediction for sure. the Cowboys game. So stock up, buddy. Well, stock up, obviously, Colt McCoy. I mean, <laughs> the guy's getting the opportunity here, and this is what the NFL is, is, uh, you know, next man up, and yeah. it's a brutal business. And, uh, again, all the best to Alex Smith. Hopefully he heals fine. But Colt McCoy, this is kind of what you've been waiting around to do for the last, uh, what, he's this is his ninth season. Yeah. So, you know, this is what you are here in the NFL to do. You only had one season with Cleveland Browns where you actually got to play 13 games. You didn't yeah. play a whole season. You played one game uh, this year, two in 2015, five in 2014. You've been waiting for this moment. Here's an opportunity for Colt McCoy to take this team into the playoffs and possibly further. Uh, and, and they're in the hands. I mean, some people are, are saying, hey, look at Nick Foles and, and Philly last year. Yeah. Look what they were able to do. No. Is it the same thing? No, of course no. not. <laughs> but it can happen. Yeah. And I think so Colt McCoy, stock up. He came in the ball game. He threw a touchdown. Didn't throw a pick. Played pretty well. And, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll give it to him. And, and the biggest thing uh, to go along with that, uh, with the Colt McCoy, uh, situation is that hey he's playing Dallas again. Do you remember a couple years ago, or whatever, when Kirk Cousins got hurt and he came in and he played the Dallas game and they ended, they ended up winning the game? That was a big deal too because he's a Texans guy. I mean he's he's literally uh, a Longhorn, and that, that's yep. the thing is that you know he wants to go out there, especially in Dallas. That's what people don't understand. Last time he balled out in Dallas. Yes, okay. Obviously they won that game and whatnot. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he balled out that game. They won, and and that was a huge thing. So his family's going to be there. You know, he's going to go out there and buy like thirty tickets to get to his family, so he can go out there, ball out in front of his family, yeah, I mean, and have a good time. Thanksgiving Day yeah. against the da- in Dallas at his in his home state, <laughs> getting the reins as the starting quarterback yeah. for a playoff for a division leading team. Yeah. A team in the playoff hunt? This is your time to shine. Big. That's all we can say. This so is yeah, your time to shine. So, yeah, my stock up, definitely Cole McCoy. Who do you got on your side as far as some, somebody Trey Quinn. you? Trey yeah, Quinn. Yeah, that's I what mean, I mentioned. He was yeah. a beast, and I even tweeted it out. Uh, I think he might take Jamison Crowder's job. Everyone didn't – Oh, he over, they overlooked Trey Quinn in the draft and all that stuff. He was Mr. Irrelevant and all this kind of stuff uh, when, it, when the draft time came around. But he led the NCAA in catches last season – uh, at SMU, and he can catch the ball. He had two beautiful catches. He had four targets on the day, caught all four targets for 50 yards, basically. And, and, and looking at it, if he's out of the slot the entire time, you have Josh Dox on the outside, Jordan Reed on the inside, uh, possibly Vernon Davis if he wants to catch a football uh, for once, uh, not like he did this past week. Um, and then also have Maurice Harrison there uh, trickled in as well. I mean, if you slot Jordan Jamison Crowder, this can be a slot receiving core. I mean, obviously Colt's going to take some chances, but you know, it, it, it obviously Paul Richardson's out again, but when you have Trey Quinn and maybe Jamison Crowder when he comes back, 
and I mean, literally, you have those two guys in the slot, right? You have Vernon Davis and also uh, Jordan Reed uh, at the tight end spot. And Jordan Reed can, can slot outside a little bit here and there. And I mean, you, you have these guys that can play the slot position that are great uh, uh, ball catchers. And that's the biggest thing that I look at is that if Trey Quinn can go out there and do a performance like that, I mean, that's probably one of the best seventh round picks the Redskins ever had. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I also think a guy that maybe we were not going to mention for stock up as far as like one of our picks, but I think a guy that needs a shout out is Haha Clinton Dix had another yeah. really good game, uh, and Mason Foster as well. And just go along with that real fast. A quick, sure. quick stat: Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan tweeted out that they they went and talked to some Green Bay uh, officials and also uh, uh, scouts and all that stuff, and they said Haha Clinton Dix is not a good tackler and all that stuff. Well, he had 11 tackles to, uh, this game, and he had actually nine solo ones. So that's uh, why you can't. That's a better thing. You can't trust that stuff. When guys, when guys switch teams, sometimes they're able to do things that they weren't able to do Eric because Ebron. of schemes. Or yeah, well, yeah, can't like catch the football if you're Eric Ebron. <laughs> that's a stupid idiot. Um, hate that guy. The guy. The guy. The, the, the Lions gave that guy so many chances to be a elite tight end in the league. To catch the football. And then, he, uh, <laughs> then he goes to Indianapolis and kills it. All so of a he has 30 touchdowns. Stock down. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, actually, because I shouted. I, I, I guess I kind of shouted out Doxton earlier, but I think Doxton also didn't have that great of a game. No. Uh, you know, targeted seven times, only three catches, uh, really wasn't able to do much against that defense. So, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that they're going to need moving forward here, to, to especially if Cole McCoy is going to, you know, bombs away out there. Doxon's a guy that, you know, may really need to step up. Uh, and, and I just didn't think he didn't he, he didn't have that great of a game. Yeah, and also you, you did have to give it to Josh Doxon though because yeah he had three catches, but a few of those balls uh, you know were either overthrown or whatever it may be because obviously Alex Smith hasn't been that accurate this year. And then even when Cole came in, they had that pass interference I mentioned earlier. But yeah, at the same time, you know if you're a first round pick, three catches, 32 yards. We said you know this is kind of what he is, but they weren't really in any key spots, which uh, you know really made a big difference. But uh, my stock down has to go on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and I think that Stacy McGee, I mean, no one really knows who he is, but he came out there and spells to, uh, you know, spell Deron Payne or, or Jonathan Allen or whatever, because Jonathan Allen came out, uh, uh, I guess you could say, for a, a little bit with a, a concussion protocol. Stacy McGee came in there, and he sucked. So if we don't have a secondary guy to spell one of these top three pass rushers, I should say run stoppers that we have in Ionitis, Allen, and Payne, that's going to be bad. So I, I just say the whole entire backup defensive line pretty much because uh, we got rid of Ziggy Hood and he was going to be our backup but you know Stacy McGee stock down for you man you you, you look like trash out there honestly to be to be quite frank uh, but hey uh, the two guys that we talked about before Brian Kerrigan and also uh, Preston Smith they both got one sack each tackle for loss I mean they did they did some they did some pretty decent things uh, but also I mean th- their line is also beaten up too they had I think with it they think their backup linemen uh, all the backups were in the game at that point because they had two guys that were out for the game so I mean you have to get some pressure at that point but at the same time stock down for uh, all the backup defensive linemen to put it put it right right for sure Mason Foster with a nice pick Preston Smith with the pick as well Dustin Hopkins uh, didn't really do much. 0 for 1 <laughs> field goal. Yeah. Just a field goal. Tressway continued his. Well, that field goal was the 63 yarder. So, really, you yeah, can just yeah. discount that. But, hey, hey I, honestly, watching that field goal, it looked like it was going in for a hot second. But then all of a sudden, it landed in the halfway through the end zone. And I was like, okay, give us a better angle than that, please. Because you gave us some hope for like three seconds. Then all of a sudden, it didn't go in. Skins, 278 <laughs> total yards. Uh, average about 3.8 yards per. 
uh, play. Hey, trust Way had a bad punt this uh, this game. Yeah, one. one. Well, I'll let him. I'll let him have one. Yeah, he had one. I was. I was like, wow, that was a shank. So but yeah, I, I think overall the, the the point is the Redskins could have won this football game. Yeah. They didn't. Now they got to rebound. And this is the big game as we move on to kind of our preview yeah, for preview. this Thursday, big Thanksgiving Day game. I mean, it's funny because you know the thanks the Redskins Cowboys Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day game typically doesn't really have implications sometimes for yeah. the postseason. Either Dallas is terrible or the Redskins are terrible. Um, but this year, it's this is a huge game. Very I mean, big. this is really really big. I mean, obviously they'll be tied, and, uh, you know, at, at six and five if the Redskins lose um, overall, and they'll be you know three and two both uh, both teams in the division as well. So, but this is this is an exciting one, Mike. And yeah. I think I think the, the the predictions are all going the Dallas way. I mean, ESPN has it seventy four point two percent. For Dallas, I think we've looked at the money line. We got Dallas seven and a half. Oh, so it's gone down since last it's gone night. Gone down, well, uh, not, not really. <laughs> at least from from this one, this the, the I guess number fire or whatever has been pick center. Uh, yeah, they're setting it at seven and uh, seven and a half. Yeah. But everything seems to be going against the Redskins in Dallas. Is this the type of game where the skins go out? And surprise everybody. Well, that's another thing you mentioned before is, oh, the, the sky is falling. Like, literally, the world is ending. It's Y2K all over again. Like, literally, all this all this crap is starting once Alex Smith went down. And that's what all these experts are saying, too. Like I mentioned, like, look at look at ESPN. You know, saying that kind of line is kind of uh, is, is baffling. I mean, why would you give a seven a, a, over a touchdown favorite to a, a Dallas Cowboys team that's 5-5 five and five, that literally, if you look at their stats, they're 28th in passing. And right now, you know, that's where they could, they could beat the Redskins with Quentin Dunbar kind of ailing and this and that. And really, they're rushing is fourth, but they held Zeke to how many yards? 33 in the first game uh, back in October. I mean, that was obviously when the, the run defense was, was fine on all cylinders, but they don't have any major injuries on the defensive front uh, seven. And that's the biggest thing is now if you have Ryan Kerrigan and somehow Preston Smith uh, waking up a little bit and, and, and becoming less of a ghost uh, to, to each their own, basically, in this game, Dak Prescott, obviously, I think he's the key factor because I think Zeke is a, is a great player. But if Zach, Dak Prescott goes out there and he can run or, 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 or do whatever he does with his legs and gets 50, 60 yards of rushing, that's going to be a big deterrent because I don't like it when quarterbacks get in the open space. And obviously, Deshaun Watson this past week, you know, he was a, 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 a pass-first quarterback in college at Clemson, but he also uses legs a decent amount. And that's the thing is I'm always worried about Dak Prescott because he can't throw worth a damn. But when he runs, he, he's pretty quick. And that's what he did at Mississippi State back in college. But literally, I just think that uh, when, when you're looking at this uh, Redskins team, they're not getting the due that they that they that they should be getting. I, I think, agree. I think that the the line. Okay, you want to give it to Dallas because they're at home, Thanksgiving, all that kind of stuff, and they came off a win where technically the Falcons laid a dud because the Falcons are a lot better than what they they showed against the stupid Cowboys last week because this was embarrassing. Uh, but literally, I think. When you look at the Cowboys, give them a, give them a good line. Like at the start of the line before Alex Smith got injured, it was four and a half. I yeah, mean, I was thinking somewhere in the three and a half range. If but, I was, but that was, at I mean, game. still though, that's that's still pretty high when yeah. the Redskins already beat them and they have a better record than them. That that's, yeah. I just don't, I don't understand that. Like I could see, yeah, like like you said, I could see a field goal is usually the norm and stuff like that. Sometimes it's a pick them, but. Honestly, I just don't think uh, that 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 line is is anywhere credible uh, to the. To, I mean, if they get blown out, then I'll eat my own words. But I just think that the Redskins have a lot better shot than a, than a seven and a half slash eight uh, point spread. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, I, I think everybody's just kind of turning this into. Uh 
you know, the Redskins are, yeah, going into the toilet, and this is going to be an easy win for Dallas. I think this will be a closer game than we originally think. I didn't want to mention real quick on the show, I know it's not Redskins, but this is a report that just came out. Um, uh, John Wall fined for telling head coach Scott Brooks F you, and he didn't say F, he said the full word. <laughs> John Wall has been fined by the Washington Wizards for telling head coach Scott Brooks F you after the team was told to raise intensity in practice, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Wall reportedly apologized to Brooks minutes later. Uh, Obviously, we we already talked a lot about the the, the Wizards, but I just wanted to mention because that just came out uh, five minutes ago. Uh, by uh, aye, aye. You know, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have more to come on that. Uh, but but yeah, to, to go back to what you were saying, Mike, um, I do think this. While I still am predicting a loss for the Redskins, and I'd be I'd be happy if they yeah. proved me wrong. Um, I think mainly my 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 rationale for that is maybe uh, a little more on yeah, there is the Thanksgiving and this being on the road, but also the fact that again, this is Colt McCoy's team now. It's a short short rest week. Uh, I, I think that may not work in the Redskins' favor, but I think the long rest will when they are in Philly. So I'm thinking if we're if we're talking any score predictions or it. things like that. Um, you know, I, I'm predicting Redskins loss, so I'm probably saying um, maybe somewhere like a... T- uh, but I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say 2017 uh, Dallas. It's not bad. I mean, really, when you're looking at it right now, the offenses for both teams aren't that great. I mean, obviously, their passing offenses aren't that great. Uh, you know, 25th uh, off- offensive rank for the Skins, 27th for Dallas. Uh, so really, right now, these teams are bo- basically focusing on their defense as, as being the key contributor. So... Uh, especially on the defense. Watch out for Sean Lee as well and Leighton Vanderesh, uh, two, two pretty good linebackers, so watch out for them as well. Uh, hopefully AP can do something, but uh, my score prediction is going to be around the same. I think, honestly, I think give the Redskins a shot. I think the Redskins are going to uh, pull this one off because now the Cowboys, you have to think about this, short week, obviously they saw Court McCoy a, a couple of years ago uh, when he came in, uh, in in relief of Kirk Cousins when he got hurt. I think that, honestly, they have to prepare for him now with a yeah. new core, and uh, I mean, they, they, I think they have some new personnel as, as, the, as the coaching staff, and you know they, they have to prepare for him in, in what two days. And I saw it the other day. I think it was Richard Sherman that said how uh, playing a Thursday night game, uh, and this is not even Thursday night. This is like Thursday afternoon. Yeah. You know when when you play that instead of having your regular week where you have a routine and all that stuff, you, you don't have that one or two days off in the beginning of the week to let your body recoup. Now, they're going to practice. I mean, I'm sure they practice right before we recorded this. I mean, this, this is the biggest thing is that Dallas, yes, they don't have to fly to Washington or whatever it may be, but if you look at it right here, I think that they have to prepare for, for Colt McCoy. I think they got to try to change their – because he can run. And Alex Smith can run too. But, you know, Colt McCoy ran for 55 yards pretty much this last game. Yeah. So when you look at that, that's a, that's a big factor. So I'm going to go into it, and I think the Redskins are going to shock – not really shock the world. They're going to shock uh, people who are watching on Thanksgiving because this is the primetime game, 4 o'clock on Thanksgiving's primetime. Uh, so when you're looking at it, I think they're going to shock them. And I'm going to go uh, 20 – let's go 23 – to 20. All right. Skins. That works. That works. Not bad, right? We'll keep an eye on it <laughs> here. Again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody that's listening to the show. Um, and uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. What Hopefully. are you doing on your Giving of Thanks Day? I am uh, eating a lot of food, as, <laughs> as per tradition. I'm bringing uh, my own uh, mac and cheese to uh, the dinner as well. Really? Oh, nice. Um, you we, know. Can get, we can get to that in our third segment. Sure, our sure. Conversion and yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll probably step aside here 
and come on back for uh, some Washington Wizards talk uh, here as uh, we are. Again, uh, you're going to get to listen to a lot of a lot of Wizards talk here in a bit. Yeah. Um, but I did mention the whole thing about John Wall and, and Just an added Scott side Brooks. Note. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot more about that uh, next segment. But again, come on back with the DC crossover right here on the DC crossover podcast. The DC Crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit parandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace complicated to simple and cluttered to calm if you're in the market for professional organizing assistance schedule an appointment today dial 571-310-1315 that's 571-310-1315 we organize places spaces people welcome back to the dc crossover here as we dive into the biggest drama-filled sports news in the area, and that is the Washington Wizards. And we've actually got a special guest on the phone here, Alex Harristy, joining us here. And Alex, I was at the game last night uh, and watched the Washington Wizards lose to Portland the game was pretty much over in the second quarter. Uh, they battled back a little bit, but still, this team, and, and I, you saw my Facebook post, and that's how you kind of got onto the show here, is it, this, the team just looks absolutely awful. And then since our post, they came out, there's been reports not only today about uh, how everybody is, is possible on the trading block. You also have the report about the Wizards having uh, volatile practices within the recent days. I believe that was reported by sources from The Athletic and Watch Stadium. But Alex, what a wacky season for the Washington Wizards, to say the least. They have been awful, haven't they? They've been not just awful they're back spinning on the wheel of ernie grunfeld and what i mean by the wheel of ernie is that he in his 16-year tenure has an uncanny ability to put together three years of somewhat competitive roster and a fourth year of abject disaster so it's only fitting that we're now due for the abject disaster now alex so this is something where yeah if, if you folks that have been following the Wizards for a while now, they do remember the fact, and I remember this, how, like you said, a couple years ago, I mean, this was a team that was seemed to be on the cusp of making, you know, Eastern Conference Finals, uh, making some strides. I mean, we had, you know, even back when Nene and, uh, was taking on the Bulls and yeah. you had kind of that series was almost the coming out party where, oh, watch out for these young Wizards. They're going to be really something here within the next couple of years. And then you have, you know, the team go down all the way to game seven. You know, year after that, you had the Paul Pierce series. I mean, you, you had these incredible moments in the playoffs. And for Wizards fans, they kept waiting to see, okay, when is this team now going to make that leap? And it seems like that leap has never happened. In fact, it seems they have taken two giants, maybe 200 giant steps backwards. So what happened? What happened in between the 
uh, momentum of making deep playoff runs to where we find ourselves today? So I think there are really three things at play there. One, DC sports, especially the Wizards, have had, with the exception of the Capitals last year, stellar moments, but never sustained success. And so these moments trick us into thinking we were probably closer than we were. So if you go back to these teams where you have John Wall's wrist breaking against Atlanta and suddenly we were so close, we were right there. But if you go back to that squad, you look back at, wait a minute, our point differential against teams with a winning record was negative all year long. We really weren't that close. Our offense designed by Randy Whitman who was really supposed to be an interim head coach, was designed to get John Wall a 40% career two-point shooter, 17-footers, right? So it was more of we were seeing what we wanted to see in that regard. The second thing that happened there, as far as how good we looked, was the Eastern Conference was barren of talent as everybody fled west from LeBron. We are now in a weird era where players and talent, moreover, is coming back east, even if Cleveland is an abject disaster, where the Heat, even if they're capped out beyond belief, they become a legitimate team in the Southeast Division. The Kemba Walker experiment with Michael Kidd Gilchrist back in the Southeast Division is going to make it tough to even get out of the cellar here, where you even get players like Kawhi coming back East. It's just not the same Eastern Conference once LeBron leaves, where it might be less compelling from the drama and NBA narrative of LeBron versus the Warriors. But now we actually have four legitimate teams in the East, of which you have young stars like Giannis just absolutely lighting it up. And the third thing I think at play here is mistakes in the front office compound. They don't really get a reset. So we're still suffering from mistakes made in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. And that really is by design of ownership, and it starts with Ernie there. Can we trust Ernie to... If okay, let's let's say the scenario is well. First of all, can we trust Ernie? No. no. But <laughs> let's let's say the scenario is you know we do start shipping away assets and 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 trying to compile draft picks. What in Ernie's track record shows that he can do stuff with those drafts that he that he knows what he's doing on that end? Because you, we have seen Ernie miss on and and now it is a little compounded. A lot of NBA GMs miss on the drafts. I mean, it happens all the time. But here, strictly with the Washington Wizards. We have seen Ernie miss on a lot of different opportunities in the draft, and sometimes it's hindsight where we look back and see guys later on in the draft that end up becoming better players than we had. But still, I would argue that the last decade of drafts from Ernie, he does not have a terrific track record. So if you're a Wizards fan, are you worried that, okay, let's say we start sending out Beal and some of these guys and getting compiling and trying to pull the you know, almost the Boston Celtics method of just stockpiling draft picks. Um, are you worried that Ernie's not going to be able to, to do what he should do with those draft picks? So yes and no. And here's what I mean by yes and no. We actually have, like, to Ernie's credit, we've had roughly league average hits on draft picks, right? If you consider Kelly Oubre as a rotation player in the league, which I do. Yes. That means at his draft stock, that is a hit. Wall, ignoring the contract and the supermax extension that kicks in, is he a above average point, or does he have the potential to be a above average starting point guard in the league? Absolutely. Beal, Porter, goes down the lines of, given your other options, he's still batting about 600 in his top five picks or in his top 15 picks. The problem more than his miss or hit rate is a 
lack of consistency with the strategy where you'll have one year where he says, yes, I'm going to commit to the lottery. It's a deep draft and I'm going to make a pick. I'm going to dig into the second round and I'm going to look for free talent in the European leagues. But then he'll turn around the next year and say, hmm, my team is closer than I think. I believe my team is close when they're really not. And then I'll dump picks for rentals or I'll dump picks to get rid of bad contracts I otherwise had. Right? We had the Boban trade where we just have to get there because the KD to DC era is r ramping up and we want to show a winning franchise. We have the Andrew Nicholson contract that just looks horrible in retrospect, especially when you have to dump what is still a late round pick, but you can still hit in the late round or early second round, one third, one fourth of the time. That's how you get a sat out. Well, you know what, man? I I'm just looking at these draft picks right now. I got a list of them since 1997 and obviously Ernie was not there in 97 but since his time there's a lot of misses on here I mean if you miss this much I mean you're, you're literally going to be uh, someone in, in baseball who strikes out at almost every single plate appearance and then maybe hits a home run with John Wall which it was obviously a slam dunk but you're looking at these first round picks I mean in 2008 JaVale McGee he sucks okay he, he won a good dunk contest good for you uh, Nick Young, he's he's a, he's a I, I don't even know what to call him. He's a nutcase. He sucks uh, for the most part. He can shoot, but he can't play defense, and he just sucks as a, as a whole. Uh, <laughs> and Troy Brown Jr. Mike Mike doesn't hold back in case you can't yeah, tell. Alex. There you go. Uh, you know if you know if they, they they suck, I might as well just say it. Uh, then obviously Andre Blatch. I mean he was a second round pick, whatever. But uh, Devin Harris, he's not on the team anymore. Jarvis Hayes, not on the team anymore. I mean you just look at these guys that he's picking. Otto Porter, he he obviously isn't what he is uh, uh from what people thought he was a couple seasons ago when he had his career year i mean and then you look at troy brown he's not even getting time to play this season so it's like it's easy to slam dunk for the most part on top five picks i mean look at jan vesley yes he got he was a six pick but i mean he, he i don't even know if he's playing overseas anymore i think he's probably serving donuts uh you know <laughs> back in, back in serbia but literally you're looking at these picks and it's like you can get serviceable players or, or even just try to work them in but I mean, his draft status just as a whole, and we'll get to his, his whole entire 16-year career so far and the stats of that in a minute, but looking at his draft picks, it's like, you know, is it better for him to try to get assets for maybe if someone wants to take John Wall or Bradley Beal or whatever, or do you think that he should just try to stockpile picks? Because honestly, if he stockpiles picks, I honestly think he's going to be here for at least 20 years because if he gets picks, then he's going to be in Ted's office saying, oh, you know what? I got all these picks to do. I'll, just, I'll go get another Shelvin Mack or, or an Otto Porter or, or a Jerry and Grant, which we traded away. It's like I, I honestly think that he's going to be here for at least probably uh, a total of 20 years if he has all these draft picks because that's another excuse for him to use in Ted's office. Oh, no question. I, I think he should have been gone over 10 years ago, but the fact that he isn't is to me indicative that he's not going anywhere, right? Because the genius of Ernie Grunfeld is not the draft or timing or free agents. The genius of Ernie Grunfeld is to find himself in a bad situation of his own design, find a totally adequate solution out of that bad one, and then within that palatable solution, he does something totally head-scratching and inexplicable that resets the cycle for three or four years, right? So in the same way that you figure out that Beal is a slam-dunk draft pick in 2012-2013, you are getting Randy Whitman, an interim head coach, to get your guys to play hard. You figure, oh, I want to keep this band of 29 and 53 together. 
I just need a veteran. I'll bring in Paul Pierce for one year, keep Whitman around, and it'll all be fine. Oh, look, we made the second round of the playoffs. This is wonderful. This must mean we're good. Oh, then you have a Whitman development where you say, hmm, now I can't get out of the first round the moment John Wall's hurt. You then have to fire everybody to try and get uh, Kevin Durant. And then you hire Scott Brooks to try and get him. And then you say, hmm, now that I've missed on Kevin Durant and I'm in trouble, I need to find a totally palatable solution. Let me re-sign Otto Porter, even with the trade kicker that makes the value of Otto Porter, who's a 3 and D wing that everyone would should want to trade for near a championship contending team because he is that fourth, fifth, sixth guy that can help put you over the edge. He's not your third guy. But then he accepts the trade kicker in there that renders it totally useless. To say nothing of then, ooh, I have this extra cap space. Let me throw a Jan Mahimi for 16 million on there. Oof, that one hurt. Yeah, your name is Jan, why don't you spell it like that? I'm, I'm tired of this people calling him Jan. It's, it's Ian. It's, he's, from, it's, he's not from here, Mike. I don't it's, care if he's not a, from it's here. It's a different language. Spell it Jan. Okay. Y-O-N. <laughs> That's your biggest grape. My biggest grape is he gave the guy, yeah, a giant contract. Now, that was, Alex, uh, that was the summer, though, where everybody was getting those yeah. those crazy deals, right? That was, that was kind of the... Uh, uh, and, and I mean, obviously, again, this was a couple of years back. But um, what about in your mind? Uh, where, where does the team go from here? And your, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't say what the way you would do it. More of the way you see that the team is going to. I mean, we, we've got the rumors coming uh, already with, with this five eleven start. They've already put out the reports about everybody being possibly on the chopping block. Yeah. Um, you know, where do you think Ernie goes next? Well, so this is actually the, the prime time for Ernie. This is Ernie at his greatest. He's created a mess. He's got to fix it now. And so there's a couple of different ways you can go. And because, again, we're assuming the elite part of Ernie, where in his trades, he's able to extract some like two of your goals, right? Where if you have a real player and you're trying to dump him, you want a prospect and a pick. And ideally, you get some matching salary that expires and you don't have to keep on your books, right? That's not quite as good as Ernie gets. He can't get there. But what we're very likely to see here is being able to get a prospect player from somebody for either Wall, Beal, or Otto. Actually, likely and Otto. There's Roto World's reporting through the ringer that New Orleans is considering a package form that includes Solomon Hill, Randall, and a late first-round protected pick. Um, so... There are paths to Ernie getting bailed out by other more desperate GMs, which is his go-to move, right? So between the New Orleans GM tree and just being afraid that Anthony Davis is being wasted and the Thibodeau situation in Minnesota, there's a good chance we're able to dump the wall contract even though, or excuse me, the wall or the auto contract, even though we are in no leverage position to get there. Yeah, I would dump the auto contract over Wall's contract because Wall is a bigger commodity. So if you could get rid of Otto's contract, like, I mean, a flash fund, I mean, literally, Otto's contract is awful because, Ben, you, you mentioned it a couple a couple weeks ago. He's averaging, what, like 12 and twelve and 6 or something like that? Maybe not even that. I mean, the other night when you went to the game, I think he, he had, like, what, uh, 10 points and four boards? It's it, like, se- it seems, Alex, it seems with Otto is just not a good good fit. With this team, it seems like I think you had mentioned earlier. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy. He's a three and D type guy. Maybe he he fits more somewhere else. But it seems like with the with this guard setup, Otto just either doesn't get the shots 
Um, and then, you know, if you're not getting involved in the offense, maybe you just kind of uh, takes yourself out of the game. But it, it does seem like Otto two seasons ago was the Otto we thought we were going to be seeing for the future, and we haven't really seen. Well, that. look look at look at the Rockets though. Trevor Reese is almost the, the exact same type of player, a three and D type player, and he went to the Rockets. And yes, he was playing pretty pretty well for the Wiz, but then he went to the Rockets and he was doing the exact same thing he did for the Wiz. So it's like, is there really? Uh, like an underlying you know, thing here with Otto, whether it be mental or physical or whatever it may be, to the point where he could have had that lucky season because there were still gripes when they drafted him coming out of Georgetown that he probably isn't the guy that you should be drafting this. He's probably like a five to ten range type person, role player. So, I mean, Alex, I don't know what you, I don't know what you think about that, but honestly, yeah, would you would you get rid of the 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 Otto contract or the or the Wall contract? Ideally, both. I mean, like if you gave me the Solomon Hill. Randall and a pick offer. I'm driving Otter to the airport myself, and I'm buying him whatever he wants at Reagan, and it's going to be delicious. And I'll be wish him very well, and I hope he's very happy playing with Anthony Davis, because what that gets you there is a rotation player, Julius Randall, who is better that whose draft pedigree was really high, who had a bad two years and a bad, bad, bad situation at in Los Angeles who's now proven that he can be an off-the-bench bounty scorer who can take the ball up the floor at six foot nine. That's something the Wizards have never had. And again, he's 23 years old. You can make that work. Yeah. With Wall, it's much, in my opinion, it's much, much, much harder to dump for two reasons. One, he cannot be traded before December 15th of this year. And second, his Supermax extension kicks in next year. And it's going to be very hard to find a team desperate enough to pay him $45 million. There are really only two teams desperate enough, in theory, to pay for the wall contract. And those are the Thibodeau Wolves and the LeBron Lakers. Just because the LeBron Lakers are set up to have their entire roster be either prospects or expiring contracts so that after their 500 start, they can figure out who, which stars are available. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think the wall contract is going to be tough. Um, also, not only from a financial standpoint, but also for, you know, a fit standpoint. I mean, obviously, we know John Wall is, is, is a super supreme talent. Uh, we've seen it here firsthand for years. But all of these wizards, you got to admit, are going to have kind of a stink to them yeah. uh, coming, uh, you know, as, as trade pieces uh, and, and, and being sent to other places. They're going to kind of leave with a little bit of stink with what has happened here, especially this season. But this has been going on longer than this season. Some of the, um, you know, the, the foibles and, and some of the locker room issues and things like that. I mean, we had the situation with Gortat last year and when Wall sits out and the everybody eats fiasco and things <laughs> like that. Um, so it, it will be really interesting uh, to see how, how, how this all plays out. And um, I guess before we wrap up here, Alex, what are your thoughts on Scott Brooks? What, what is the Scott Brooks situation? I, I know he's got a, a pretty big contract here, uh, and I, I know that the likelihood the Wizards are just going to fire him and eat that money is maybe not super high. But if this team continues kind of on the downward trend, uh, a lot of people are already uh, doing the hashtag fire Scott Brooks. <laughs> um, so, you know, do you think he is one of those situations where they're just going to ride it out and let him finish the year and kind of see how everything plays out? Or, or do you see them uh, possibly going to the chopping block? I don't see them going to the chopping block before the all-star break. Because, again, Wizards have, the Wizards have started slow before. They've had drama before where 
they could totally turn around and do the worst thing possible where they get back to a slightly sub 500 team. The upside of keeping Scott Brooks right now is that he's coaching a system designed on, on offense, at least designed again to get a couple of penetrated players mid-range jump shots. So we're going to lose on that front, especially because we don't play an iota of defense. That's the good news because we finally have our own pick in next year's draft where any of the top seven prospects at least are a reason to be excited. Yeah, it is a loaded draft class for sure. Right. We could get the son of Manute, Ball Ball. That would be just the greatest. <laughs> I've been eyeing him. I've been eyeing the draft. Generation to balls. Yeah. And I've, I've been uh, all the mock drafts and things like that. I've, man, if the Wizards get an opportunity to get him, that would be fantastic. I mean, because there's a, that's another thing the Wizards have never really had is, uh, you know, a fun, exciting center. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's definitely been a position that they've kind of struggled with um, uh, for, for a while. So it sounds like to me that you're thinking, uh, you know, if they do make a move on him, you know, they're going to wait. They're going to not necessarily crumble under the pressure of 16 games worth of data to work with here. Um, give give a little more time. And we've seen it, it's kind of varied from team to team. There have been teams we've seen in this league that will, uh, you know, uh, fire guys after six games. I mean, it happens sometimes, some seasons. Um, but it does seem like that's not really the Wizards' track record. They don't seem to be the type of team that pulls the trigger that fast. Uh, well, Alex, final thoughts here uh, before we wrap up. You know, obviously, <clears throat> so much talk about what's going on and so much negativity. Are there anybody on the Wizards that you're still excited about, that you're seeing, you know, uh, you know, there, there are some guys that are trying hard. I mean, I think Kelly Oubre is, is a big one where if you, no matter what is happening uh, to the Wizards in a given night, Kevin, Kelly Oubre is going to play his ass off. Uh, he is going to uh, run all over the court, and he's going to talk trash, and he's going to dunk on guys, and he's going to be exciting. Yes, he's going to make mistakes, but it seems to me, you know, Kelly Oubre, and I've kind of been hit or miss with him at times. I get frustrated, but part of that's just being a young player. But, uh, you know, is, is Kelly the, the guy for Wizards fans to be excited about here for the next couple of years if things go into the tank? I don't think he is the guy. I think Beal is the one guy at his contract and his performance you cannot trade and that is the core of your rebuild where you basically tell him based on the reports today of you are correct we put you through the ringer for seven years and we owe this to build around you you are now the franchise we made a mistake and you are now the franchise Got Kelly it. Oubre right now has shown himself to be a ceiling of a very good guy. Yeah. He hasn't yet shown himself to be a the guy. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, he's definitely not not a franchise guy. Any other any other guys on the team right now that you're you're thinking it, it, for a casual Wizards fan to be able to enjoy going to the basketball court to see them play? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I think, honestly, not to interrupt you, but I think that Troy Brown Jr., once he finally gets a shot, I don't know why I'm so high on this guy. Yeah, you love this guy. But I, I honestly... You're a big TBJ Jr. fan. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's the thing is everyone gave him so much flack for getting drafted where he got drafted. But I mean, he's kind of the guy that's like, he can go out there and score. We saw him in the in, 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 talk. The NCAA tournament go out there and, and, and perform for Oregon. So his also his his defensive efforts have been have been phenomenal not in the nba obviously because he hasn't had a shot to get on the court but you know in college he was a beast in the defensive end and he could also score so i think especially at his young of an age i mean him kelly Oubre, and bradley beal i think that's a pretty good tandem to go in with because obviously those two aren't going to get max deals like wall and Otto did so i think that might be obviously a good opportunity what do you think yeah do you like troy brown uh alex 
Um, I'm still not decided on him, right? Because not enough data still, to work with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a well more more than anything else, less than on court time. It's he's only ever known one season of college basketball and 15, 20 games of an absolute dysfunctional franchise. True. Where the where the fit of the, the where I, I absolutely believe he has the potential to be very, very, very good. My main concern is whether there's any infrastructure in place to allow that. Okay. Now, the one thing you can always be excited about about a Wizards game, though, is unintentional comedy, yes. especially in the nine minutes where Jan hasn't fouled out yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he even... I don't know if he even got in in the game I went to yesterday with Portland. I don't even think he got on the court. Do you think so? I mean, I, I've been saying it the entire season <laughs> so far. I'm like, oh, Troy Brown didn't get in again. I mean, uh, and Jan. And, and, oh, you're talking about Jan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jan. I don't Sorry, think Jan I got, got Troy got Brown too. on the minds. No, no, Troy, Troy got in the game for a little bit. No, Jan the end. did get in the game for you. I, I saw the saw the box score. Okay, he, he got. I think he was only in there for like five, six. Yeah, minutes, so. probably. <laughs> it is. It is pretty funny, Alex. When, when yeah, they do let Jan on the court and he immediately <laughs> picks up two fouls and and he's got to sit down on the bench. Jason Smith has been a little interesting case to watch as well. But we'll keep our eyes open. I mean, I, this could definitely be an interesting couple of weeks with uh, the infighting continuing and the reports continuing. And they are the NBA's favorite drama, uh, the Washington Wizards. But that is. Alex Harristy joining us on the show, and Alex, great job! And any uh, any social media uh, you want to promote? You got a Twitter or anything you want to plug? Nothing to plug from me. Just all right, just a free wow. appearance off from the, Alex. Off, off the grid. This is a man. Yeah. This is a man after our hearts here. That's off the grid. Alex Harristy, we appreciate it. We're gonna we're definitely keep uh, we're gonna keep an eye on the situation and uh, any news breaks and things like that. We'll definitely pull you back on and and have you talk about it for sure. But uh, yeah, we appreciate you coming on tonight, Alex. Appreciate it, man. All right, thanks so much, guys. All right, have a good one. You got it. Big thanks to Alex for coming on the show and making a terrific first appearance yeah. on the DC crossover. It's always nice to have um, some other voices on there because I know people get tired of us every now and then. They like to hear a third voice uh, in interviews and things like that. As, I could agree. As, as beautiful as our, and silky smooth as our voices are, and Mike's uh, a little on the sore end, uh, of the, of the voice today, yeah, the black lung pop. but you're, do, you're doing all right though. <laughs> you're doing all right. You got your tea. Yep, I got the throat uh, coat tea over here, and that's that's all you need. Oh, that, there he goes. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up what we were talking about there, as far as the Wizards go, is yeah, it has uh, obviously been a rough going. We talked about it was rough going weeks ago when we talked about the Wizards. Every single week we talk about the Wizards, it's rough, and then now this yeah. thing's been kind of exacerbated with uh, you know the re- recent reports and. Oh, things yeah. like that. And yeah, Mike, I'll tell you, watching them yesterday in person, yeah. it was about just as painful as it is, you know, probably watching them on TV or if not more, because, man, lack of effort, lack of guys getting back on defense. I mean, the amount of times I saw John Wall or Otto Porter, you know, uh, shoot up a three and uh, it doesn't go in. And then they walk back up the court and the other team in Portland got a quick layup. Portland, and this was a point I should have made uh, when we talked to Alex real quick is, um, Portland is like the bizarro Washington Wizards. It's like what the Washington Wizards were supposed to be. <laughs> An excellent backcourt in yep. Lillard and McCollum, a great big man in Yusuf Nurkic, and then bench help. Guys like uh, Nick Stauskas and Evan Turner and you know some of these Michigan. guys that come off yep. the bench uh, for, for Portland. This is like – and a great coach in Terry Stotts. It's like Portland is what the Wizards were supposed to be, um, and that's why they're – you know where they are and the Wizards are – where they are, but uh, yeah, and that's that actually that was the first game of the season 
uh, besides uh, the Toronto game, that John Wall did not lead the team in assists. Sadoransky led the team in assists with seven. And that's a big thing. You look at some of these stats and the, the team leaders of the game and all that kind of stuff, that John Wall is a career pretty much double-digit assist guy. Now, he's not no Chris Paul, but Chris Paul is also not a, 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 the caliber of LeBron. Maybe when he came out of Wake Forest, he probably was. Um, but at the same time, uh, you, you look at it and you're like, you know, it, he's a career double-digit uh, you know, point, uh, it, it, basically a 2010 type guy. Yeah, he's and, supposed to be. And that's the thing is that you look at it this season, I mean, for his last few games, he has gotten seven assists, nine assists, ten, nine. You know, it's just like you look at it, it's, like, it's kind of mediocre because they're losing. And also the biggest factor I mentioned to you off air was the sole fact that they've had two games, the Cleveland game, which they won, and the Knicks game, which they won, both letting them both scored 95. That's the lowest defensive output of the season. Now, the 95, okay, that's not bad. That's that's actually pretty damn good. But then you look at it and you say, hey, you know, other games like the Magic, 117, you know, 109 to the Magic, uh, you know, the two, a couple of the games later. And then you see the, to the Nets who, who are awful, 115. It's like, that's literally, and I, I don't have it in my, in my in my hands right now, but that has to be the worst point uh, points allowed in the entire NBA. It's not good. It's definitely not good, and they <clears throat> their defense is just so bad. I, I, I made a remark to Abby last night at the game. I said, I am not entirely sure what the Wizards are actually good at. Yeah. Like they aren't they they aren't good at shooting threes. They their shooting percentage was terrible. At shooting threes, no identity. They're, they're not good at just shooting in general. Uh, <laughs> they're not good at defense. They're not good at free throws. I mean, this team went like the 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 free throw stats from last night were atrocious. I think they shot like twenty five percent from the line. It was yeah. At one point, I saw the box score and it was I think they were uh, ten to twenty or something like that. And they yeah, were fifty like percent. I think like, it was like ten to twenty one. Like, I think. How was, do you do that? It was so they don't they don't do that. They don't. They aren't coached well, and they don't play hard. They, there's not a single thing the Wizards do well. They get lucky. That's what they do well. Sometimes yeah. they win games because they get lucky, and they happen to be having a good shooting night. But yeah, it was. Ugly. How do you go against the Nets? Who, uh, of course, the Nets are rebuilding and all that kind of stuff, uh, but they're still not that good. On your home floor, you lose by 11. When Dwight Howard has a, a, a you know a, a Renaissance game, 25 and 17. Yeah, 25 and 17, and you lose by nine. And you, I don't get that. I mean, he was dominant that game. I think he had uh, nineteen and nine or something like that at halftime. It's like, how do you let that happen? I mean, it's it's, it's bad. It's, 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 it's embarrassing to be quite honest. And then you look at the stats on the season. Uh, a little quick update: literally, Bradley Beal still pretty good. You know, he's obviously uh, going to do what he does with the ball in his hands. Twenty-one and a half points, uh, about about four and a half rebounds and three and a half assists, which is pretty good. But he's a shooter, and he, he he's he's pretty quick, and he's he's okay off ball, but. Then you look at literally look at Kelly Oubre. Okay, he doesn't get that many minutes. He's scoring twelve points, getting four boards. I mean, it's just like you look at it and think, okay, he's not getting enough minutes because obviously his stats are better than than Porter's. Porter's only scoring ten points a game, and he's basically starting every single game in the place of Kelly Oubre, who should be starting. But then you also look at John Wall. You know what? He's averaging 20, uh, 21 and eight, but at the same time, if you're letting in that many that many points, I mean, he used to be one of the premier defensive players in the whole entire NBA. He was supposed to be. He had prided himself that he was going to play tough defense, and I'll tell you, Mike, I don't see him play tough defense. He maybe will do it a couple possessions in a game, but if you want to be a, an elite NBA defender, you got to be doing that all forty-eight minutes. And I don't think I ever mentioned this to you. I was listening to the Junkies on one hundred six seven, the Fan. Somebody made a stat out there that basically John Wall is last in the league off-ball movement. 
he is last in the league. Like he, like when he doesn't have the ball, he's he's. So I ended up watching the uh, you know clips of the game here and there uh, when I can, when the caps aren't on or whatever. Uh, and literally, I see him. He doesn't have the ball. He's sitting there standing by the three point line, just hanging out. That's all he does. Like, like I understand you're the superstar of Kentucky. You're the superstar for the for the Wiz for your first couple of years before uh, Beal got here. But what do you, what's, what's your what's your purpose? Like someone has, like, does Stephen A. Smith have to call you out that you're going to the clubs too much or yeah. whatever, like like he did. Yeah, he did. And and all of a sudden you come back and and I think Brad or someone said, oh yeah, you pissed him off now. Well, you just, you haven't done anything. <laughs> you know, pretty much yeah. you, you've lost like two two of the last three games. Yeah, it shouldn't take Stephen A. Smith to get you motivated uh, to for 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 a football game. It should be the giant contract that you're getting paid yeah. to get you motivated and the fact that your team absolutely sucks. sucks. <laughs> but that's the thing. We, we mentioned about uh, them having pretty much to blow it up because here's a little uh, stat pack here for Ernie Grunfeld's 16 years with the Wizards. Imagine that, 16 years. I'm 27 right now. I was 11 when we, he became the GM, and since I was 11, he's 541 wins. Oh, that's a lot. But then you look at his losses, 689. That's a 43% win percentage, which is awful. He has one division title, no top three finishes, no 50-win seasons, no regular season conference titles, no NBA conference titles, obviously, and then that results in no NBA championships. And literally, at one point, Ben, you look at these these records throughout the years, he literally had five seasons in a row, five seasons where his win percentage as the GM was 35 or lower. He had five seasons where they only won 29 or less games. How does somebody last, at least in that stretch, Five seasons. I mean, literally, 19, 26, 23, 20, and 29. And that was from 2008 to 2013. How do you have that happen? Not pretty. I, I don't know. How do you <laughs> last? I mean, how do you last with that? I mean, I know the last <laughs> few seasons have been, I mean, since 2013, 2014 season and all the way up until last season, they had two fifth place se- uh, 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 seeds, uh, one fourth and an eighth. Uh, to make the the playoffs, they have one year they didn't out of those five seasons. But you're not doing anything. You're getting to the second round of the playoffs, whatever, blah blah blah, whatever it happens. And then I, I think that he's going to go in again, like like we talked to uh, Alex about. He's going to go into Ted's office and say, "Hey, look at my resume r- recently, you know, and I'm I'm going to try to get these contracts. It's just not working out, you know." It's, it's like he's going to have all these excuses to become the, uh, the GM for even longer to the point where you're looking at it and thinking. This guy, I, I just don't understand it. Like, and people have been saying that for years, and I think that's uh, honestly being overblown now to the point where people are just overlooking Ernie Grunfeld. Like, they're, yeah. they're just looking at the contracts and all that stuff. They don't even know who the GM is anymore because he's just been there so damn long, honestly. And that's, I mean, I just, I look at that stat and I'm just like, this is absolutely insane. It's crazy. It's crazy, but you know, it's uh, it's it's fun to watch sometimes yeah. with the amount of drama that this team has had this year. So we'll keep definitely keep an eye on that, uh, and uh, as the show goes on, our show and the Washington Wizards, the yeah. show will go on, no doubt about it. And and how about that, Alex? Not having anything to plug. That might be our first guest that hasn't had any social media to plug or anything of that nature. And He's hey, just there for the love of the game. Yep, yeah, put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. Get, we'll get him next time to tell us the name of the dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So can, I, I was wondering that so we can do shout-out to Alex and his dog. Hey, but he didn't stutter one bit when that dog was barking, though. He went full force. No, he's a gamer. Thanks, <laughs> thanks again, Alex. Thanks again, Alex. That's going to be our Wizards talk. We're going to get right into a brief segment about the Caps and also our two-point conversion and our Pine Pony Express right here on the DC Crossover.
The DC Crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit parandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571-310-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We Organize. Places, spaces, people. Welcome back, Pine Ponies. It's the DC Crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Mike Cerrone, Ben Simpson on the mics for you guys once again. That was our Wizards talk right here on the DC Crossover. And uh, I want to thank Alex again for coming on uh, the show. We have a lot of great shows uh, out there on our uh, platforms. Uh, and y'all can also check out DCCrossover.com for all the shows as well and also some good content. Uh, we had Marcellus Bowie last week talking about Wizards. Uh, Danny Noakes is not on the show this week. Uh, uh, lucky for him, I should say, because he has to talk about the, the Hokies losing all the time. They, they just got demolished by the Miami Hurricanes. But this week, definitely check out uh, the, the Hokies against the UVA Cavaliers because that's a must win if they have any shot at making a bowl game. But uh, again, this is the Capitals talk. We'll get briefly into this because obviously, uh, you know, nothing's really happening uh, with the Caps so far because most of the league, I should say, Ben, uh, in the NHL right now is just stagnant. The Pittsburgh Penguins aren't playing their greatest hockey. You have teams like the Devils and like your Red Wings who are pretty much in a rebuild mode uh, playing great hockey right now. But we should really talk about real briefly uh, the Tom Wilson return. He had his 20-game suspension uh, shortened to 14 games, which honestly made zero sense because he, he served 16 of those 20 games. Yeah. So it's basically they just paid him a two-game paycheck, which made zero sense because it's like, okay, well, why couldn't you do this two games ago? Uh, but um, you know they could have used him against the Jackets and the Coyotes. But again... He played two games so far, uh, or should I say three games, uh, because he came back during the Wild game. They won 5-2. Uh, they've gone 2-1-0 two, uh, two, uh, oh since that, uh, that, that uh, return, and they beat the Wild, they lost to the Jets, and they beat the Avalanche in overtime. But really, when you're looking at the Tom Wilson return so far, it's looking like they're finally starting to get some of that mojo back because they got that physicality, like we mentioned, on the offensive and defensive side of the puck. And, and, and really... To me, I mentioned this a bunch of times as well in some of my takes that literally if you have Tom Wilson out there, it, it just goes to show that they can go back to their normal lines where exactly. they won the cup last year. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Is it may not necessarily be an impact you know, points-wise or things like that, yeah. but I, I think the impact is, okay, now if you're the Caps, you can be like, all right, well, now, now we can be who we were last year. Now we can fit into some of those lines that we were last year. We've got our guy that – you know, is is dependable and is part of those yeah. those first couple lines. So I, I think it's it's stability is what it adds for the for the for the Washington Capitals. And I think um, you know this season it's been topsy turvy. It's been win two, lose three. Uh, you know, type of season so far for them, being fourth in the Med. And uh, but as you said, this league. I mean, teams are all over the place this yeah. year so far to start the year. Uh, most teams about 18, 19 games in. 
Um, and I, I think the Caps are in okay place to be where they are. They're, they're in kind of the middle of the pack. Uh, they're kind of under the radar right now. I think yeah. maybe maybe people sure. are kind of forgetting about the Caps again, which is kind of the way they like it. Um, so I, I do think the, the Wilson addition, it does make a difference. I mean, we'll see tonight. They, they play the Canadians. Um, if you're listening to the show, you probably already know the ending yeah. of that score. Um, but, you know, making some impact in the first three games with him being back, I think that will serve the Caps well for the rest of the season. Yeah, and then we also mentioned – uh, that really not a lot of teams are playing their best hockey right now because this is kind of a weird season so far because obviously you have Tampa Bay, you have Toronto playing some good hockey. Columbus is kind of repeating what they did last year. Uh, but the Penguins right now, they're in 16th out of 16 in the Eastern Conference. And it really when you're looking at it, 17 points for the Penguins in last place, tied with the Panthers, uh, but only uh, six points, or excuse me, eight points separate them from the fifth seed. Uh, or should say from the fifth place uh, because of their weird, wacky playoff format. But yeah. literally, I mean, that's not a lot of points. Eight points, I mean, literally, you can make that up pretty darn quickly in hockey because of how their point system is and how hot and cold teams go. So don't count out the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know people don't want to hear that, but that's the biggest thing you got to look out for. And look at the goal differentials here, Ben. Montreal is only a plus one, and their record's 11-6-3. and three. Plus four for Buffalo, who I don't think is going to stay there that much longer. Uh, and, and they're in fourth place. Then plus six for Columbus. They're 12-6-2. And, and then even when you look over to the to the west, it's, it's, it's kind of the same exact thing. You know, plus one for Calgary. They're 11-8-1. I mean, some of these teams that have good point differ or, or good uh, yeah, In the records. west, basically, it's like if, any team that's not named the Nashville Predators. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Because the Preds just destroy over there. Yeah, the seriously, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> literally you see some of these teams that, you know, have good records, but their goal differential isn't that good. So, like you said, they win one, they lose one, they may win one one nothing, or, or or they may lose one, you know, big, or they may win one big. So it's it's all up in the air. So, I mean, really, we're going to keep getting back to the caps here. Obviously, once the season starts going on, obviously uh, right now we're getting more so into uh, the primetime football aspect. So we're trying to focus more on that right now. But again, the Caps right now, uh, obviously the, the Canadians game is going on, like Ben mentioned. Uh, so you'll know if they won or lost that game in this one. But hey, right now, 9-7-3, not terrible. 21 points or 8 points behind Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay and Nashville are the two to cream of the crops right now uh, alongside with the Tampa Bay, or excuse me, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, at, at 28, 29 points. But literally... That, that's the biggest thing you got to look for is they're staying put. You know, they're, they're winning one, losing one. They're trying to get back in the field. I mean, this is basically a, a elongated uh, preseason for Tom Wilson, basically. So, you know, you have one of your top liners back. I think it's going to make a huge difference, and we'll, we'll have to see what, what happens here coming up uh, in the next uh, few games, stuff like that, once uh, the, the, the December month rolls around and all of these games start to come into play. Absolutely. We'll keep an eye on them, and definitely uh, as, as the season progresses, we'll get into some more in-depth Caps, uh, kind of recaps and talk. But for now, it's – I mean, I think Caps fans can admit that, you know, it's just kind of been an up-and-down season. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing super interesting going on right now for the Washington Capitals. It's also early season. It's just like the Wizards. Yeah. You know, when you, in the early season, like, NFL is always popular throughout the entire year. But when you have Wizards and Caps and there's 82 games. It's and different when even, there's even a, the Nats, a game every other night. Even, even, so, yeah. Yeah, even, even, the, even baseball. You know, people, if, they, if you miss four games, you're like, oh, you know, I'll watch those games later. Or, or yeah. I'll, I'll, see this, I'll, see, I'll see the record. I'm not too worried about it. But the NFL, when there's 17 or 16 games, Games, and then possibly more if you had the playoffs. That's a big difference because everyone's so tuned in to every single game. Where these are just they're they're, they're moseying along. But right now we just got to see a little bit more content from Tom Wilson on the ice to talk more about it. For sure. I guess it's time to move on to it our is time. two point conversion. 
where we talk about things that are going on in our lives outside of sports. And I think the big one, at least for me especially, is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Turkey Day. The Turkey Thanksgiving. Day is coming up. Uh, tradition in my household, everybody's got to bring a dish beyond the uh, you know the regular you know turkey and stuffing and things like that. They're more traditional. Yeah. So uh, past couple seasons, I've gone with the mac and cheese. Uh, it's kind of been my thing. Last year, so I did the potluck. The, kind I did of thing. the yeah, kind of. Once you get past the main dishes, but last year I did. Uh, Baked mac and cheese worked out pretty good. Nice. This year, I'm going to go with the crock pot mac and cheese. Um, so you give a little insight. For so that, you please. throw. So you, so you got to <laughs> first you boil the noodles, you know, to al dente, um, <laughs> as you will, and then you you know you put those in the crock pot. You throw uh, a lot of different kinds of cheeses. We're talking some uh, cheddar, of course, classic. Of course, um, some mozzarella, if you will. <laughs> um, Cream cheese, surprisingly, works pretty well in there. <laughs> don't don't give me that look. Um, <laughs> you uh, some shredded cheese as well, some parmesan, um, and you kind of melt it all down. And now, are uh, you grating the parmesan uh, yourself? You gra- oh, of course okay. I. Am. Making sure you're I mean, not. This getting is a professional own. household here. No, you grate the parmesan. <laughs> you grate the cheddar. Um, you uh, uh, and then and then you put in some milk and stuff like that. Whole milk, uh, none of that. One percent nonsense, um, <laughs> and then you basically put it in the in, in the in the crock pot. And the great thing about crock pots is you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You so you just you, literally you put it on like low or whatever, and two hours later you got some mac and cheese. You stir it up, nice. uh, and uh, and then uh, you're ready. You're ready for turkey. Day. How, how many people go to your uh, your family's Thanksgiving? So you got the that, that obviously uh, you know, deters how much you make. It, it does. Um, most of it will be for me. Um, <laughs> it, it's immediate family, and then we've got some cousins and stuff coming in too. So probably, you know, we're probably looking at somewhere between eight to ten, eight to ten folks. That's, yeah, okay. nothing well, too crazy. Well, it's, it, that's a, that's a normal sized family. My my family, we go to my mom's side of the family, and uh, it's a little bit bigger than that. Obviously, uh, with significant others and my cousins and all that kind of stuff, we have probably around I'd say twenty to thirty. Um, wow. So it's a lot. Uh, so, Jesus. Yep. So uh, this is going to be Jen's first Thanksgiving with uh, the fam. And uh, it's going to be it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. We're, we're making, uh, I think, a, a sweet potato casserole or something like that. I don't even know how you Solid. make a casserole. How do you make a sweet potato casserole? Like, what's in that? I know, sweet, I know sweet potatoes. potatoes. I know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's well, it. What's the casserole? Like, casserole always has, like, so layers. A casserole is basically anything. You can As long as you stick stuff together and you bake it, it's a casserole. There's no, like, definition of it. It's okay. basically putting, you know, crap together and putting it in. But I'm sure it's going to be well, good. Jen said she's going to make it, so that's yeah. Uh, that's, I that's trust fine. her. She's well, she's a good chef. Yeah, so she she she's going to make it, which is which is nice because I mean I, I know I'm going to get roped into helping, uh, but we have to make enough to, to to feed or at least at least put it on a couple tables because if we put uh, you know one on one table because there's like the thing is like my aunt has to bring in like the porch uh, the porch uh, big wooden table and stuff like that because yeah. there's so many of us and then you always get you know you always get stuck with uh, like uh, sometimes I'm always with uh, the, the younger kids and all that kind of stuff and well you are a younger kid well, yeah but I mean I'm 27 now it's like sure know, Shoot him away. Get away. Get away, Teddy. What Go are you away. doing? Go lay down. I'm trying to do a show here. Yeah, I'm trying to do a show here, dog. Talking uh, turkey day. I think he doesn't know how to get out of the bottom of the yeah, table. he's kind of trapped. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll bet him. Uh, but, yeah, it's like really when you're looking at it, it's it's, it's going to be, you know, a fun time because, you know, there's a lot of mashed I mean, there's a lot of mashed potatoes, a lot of rolls. Love mashed you potatoes. Know, and what's your go-to? Because, you know, ham is good, but it's just not my go-to. Ham? Like, yeah. It's Turkey Day. No, no. Well, there's, there's turkey, obviously. Yeah. But but the thing is, there's they also have ham there. They have, they have nah. turkey. They have, they have all everything. You got to go turkey, mashed potatoes with gravy. Yeah. Stuffing. Now, are you a gravy on everything type person? I'm a gravy on 
Normal everything. stuff. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know everything. My entire body. Um, I do like sweet potato-related stuff, so like casserole or um, uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> um, well, stuffing for I've never sure. had a sweet potato casserole before, though. I, I like um, sweet potatoes. never I had a sweet casserole. sweet potatoes. Uh, I'm a big stuffing fan. I don't even know what's in it. I just love it. Yeah. Um, you always get those uh, the stovetop stuffings. Those, yeah. are, those are always yeah. good. Yeah. And then, yeah, you got to have some bread because you're not getting enough carbs from everything else. <laughs> so you got to throw some bread in there. Now, are you are you like a like a stretchy pants kind of guy, or are you just like a? Well, I'm gonna wear the belt on a different loop. Tonight. Well, Thanksgiving. So usually my uh, my parents like me to dress up yeah. when the family's coming over. But then it's also lions, so maybe I throw the jersey on over. All right. Well, yeah, you're over the nicer year. shirts or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fun, though. Lions football. So be sure to watch you my boys. You guys are the 1 o'clock game, like always, right? Yep, yep. So watch. A, is, it the, is it the Pack or the Bears? It's the Bears. Might be ugly. <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> Might be ugly. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, definitely looking forward to Turkey Day. So both of our kind of two-point conversions probably yeah. fun. Well, it has, it has to central around, or, or, you know, be, be centralized around that because that's a, it's a major holiday. Absolutely. What are, you, what are you, a barbarian? So what do we got? The uh, Pine Pony Express. I got a good one. You want to start I, it off? I, I, let me start this. How, how about this? How about this? How about I, I do a little snippet because I told you I have a story uh-huh. uh, that um, that actually is uh, a, a small little one. That's a little little mention to go along with the caps right here. So real quick, uh, sure. b- before you get into yours, um, this is a caps a little uh, mini story, if you will. Uh, basically, there was a Capitals fan. And the, the title reads, Capitals fan travels to Antarctica to remind actual Penguins who won the Stanley Cup. That's funny. <laughs> like, I don't know how he got there or whatever it is, uh, <laughs> but this guy's from C- Centerville, Virginia. Uh, you know, he is an avid Cavs fan. He traveled all the way to the Ant- Antarctic, or Antarctica Peninsula to remind actual Penguins who the Stanley Cup champions are. So uh, hats off to uh, Samson Coe. That's his name. Uh, and hats off to him because he made uh, the, the worldwide news uh, that he traveled uh, to a different continent to go tell actual animals that uh, someone wanted good to go. Good for him. So good, good for him. It, it made me chuckle. So that's a quick mini story before I get to mine. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Here's, here's mine here. So New Orleans man accused of bomb threat insists he just had to poop really bad. I, I heard that, but I heard a different title, though. So <laughs> according to an arrest warrant obtained by NOLA.com, 30-year-old Arthur Posey, walked into Willie's Chicken Shack, and he asked an employee what time the restaurant closed. And the employee told Posey, you know, I, I don't know when it closes. He allegedly replied, <laughs> y'all about to close right now because I'm going to get a bomb and blow this place up. <laughs> and obviously, uh, you know, uh, the employees were like, wow, this, this sounds dangerous. So they went ahead and called the police. And he later told the police that he was referring to the bathroom and he wasn't actually making threats about an actual bomb but that uh, he was going to uh, you know bomb the bathroom a bit and we've all been there uh, at different points in <laughs> our everyone, lives everyone has um, the one where you kind of apologize to everybody else in the bathroom and have them kind of clear out uh, before you make a certain bowel movement uh, but yeah shout out to Arthur Posey uh, who now faces two counts of communication. I wonder if he's related to Buster Posey. False information of planned arson. I can almost promise you he's not, <laughs> judging by this mugshot. Uh, and after telling a restaurant employee in New Orleans he's going to get a bomb and blow this place up and 
apparently said it was just his bowels that were going to be blowing the place up. Okay. You know what we should do? Next time we do a live show, we should read these stories and actually have people vote in the comments of which story Ooh, is better. True, true, true. So that, stay tuned to that. We're going to have another uh, live show here soon, probably once the uh, – I should say once uh, the, the holidays start to commence and, uh, and end. So my two – or excuse me, my Pine Pony Express is uh, titled – Foul-mouthed parrot stuck on rooftop tells firefighters to go F off. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So uh, I think it's a, it's a short story. Uh, actually, no, it's a little bit longer than I thought. But literally, the parrot, um, from the excerpt that I saw, that uh, a, a, a neighbor or whatever said, hey, look, there's the parrot. I don't know what the parrot's name is. Uh, but they said, hey, we need to call the fire department because you know, Susie's not home or whoever's not home. And that's pretty much the, 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 the backstory. So the firefighters came and they were like, okay, we got to get this parrot down. Like, I'm sure they have a lot more better things to do than get a, you know, get a ladder and say, okay, come here, blue parrot. Um, and uh, apparently uh, they, they said they tried to lure the hungry bird with food, but the bird simply told the firefighters to f*** off. I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna okay, okay, that out. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was <laughs> that, that was a story. Incredible. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, so basically, that was uh, pretty much the story because you know they said, they said Jesse had been on the same roof for three days and there were concerns that she may be injured, which is why she hadn't come down. Which I don't know how your your parrot's outside because it's not an inside bird or is, is that the same thing or is a cat? You know, I've <laughs> never had a parrot. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but if I did, I think that I think the exciting thing about having a parrot is the fact that. You get an opportunity to train them to say stuff. So you yeah. can definitely throw out some different phrases, maybe teach them some hockey lingo or some basketball lingo or, you know, just have them, uh, you know, make fun of the teams that you don't like. Um, and uh, I, I think that's the only reason to get a parrot is the fact that they can talk. Yeah. And the funny thing is it says that uh, uh, basically uh, the swearing parrot is is only part of this story because – Jesse, who is, I guess, the parrot's name. I mean, who, who calls their, 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 their parrot yeah. Jesse? Was that uh, Full House? <laughs> what is this? Uh, a Toy Story remake? Um, and then uh, basically, they said Jesse can act, well, actually Toy Story Four is going to come out here soon. I but uh, see that. There, yeah. uh, Jesse can actually fly. The bird which which can fly was stuck on the roof. After mouthing off to the firefighter, the bird flew to another roof. It's like, let the bird just go. Yeah, let him just fly. If he can, can fly, why are you trying to save it? I mean, I know you said it was injured, but it's like, come on now. It, it, it's, it's just dumb. It said this left the firefighters a bit uh, uh, bemused. I don't even know, know what that word is. Uh, but it said the bird then flew back to a tree and then back to its owner. So it's like, literally... I mean, I understand that, you know, you know, firefighters can help you in, in many different facets. But if your bird's stuck on a roof, don't call the fire department. They have a lot of they have fires to fight. I mean, they don't, exactly. have, to, they don't have to deal with that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's funny, though. And like I said, I do think the best part about having a parent, got to teach him how to talk and, and swear. I, I guess that's pretty much well, the, the moral of the story. What there. else are you going to do? You're going to pet it? I mean, this is, it's yeah, not like exactly. a dog. It's not like a cat. It's, I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's not like a lap, you know, pet or whatever they call it. A lap pet. A yeah, lap pet. That's exactly what it's called. Man, what's, what's, what's the point of having a bird, though? Like, I don't understand. Like, my sister used to bird sit our neighbor's birds. Now, I understand she wanted some money and stuff like that. But it's like, what's the point of having a bird in a cage? Like, I mean, you're not going to open the cage and let it fly. That's why it's in a cage. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I guess, a, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I, I think a bird is it's not going to run through. You're not a rainforest. Stupid pet. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, what's the point? It's like having sorry, a hamster. Sorry if I'm offending the the bird uh, the bird listeners <laughs> on the show here. I think that's a dumb pet. I think dog, cat, that's it. You don't need any other pet is dumb. Yeah, I mean you have rab- hamster rab- maybe rabbits and stuff. It's like what's the point? Yeah, like you're, they're in a cage. Like obviously you bring them out, and you hold them in your lap, and you put them back in the cage. Like and they, and they make a mess in the cage, and you have to clean it out. Like yeah. what's the point? There's no point. There is no point. I'm with you. There is no point in that life. Oh, the point is, after all that pizza, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know. It's always crossing the 8 o'clock oh. hour. i got to edit this damn episode now that I cussed three times. Uh, but again, this is the DC Crossover. That was our Pie Pony Express and our two-point conversion. Ben, any last thoughts here for episode 11? Nope. Just again, happy Turkey Day, everybody. Enjoy it. Be with your family. Uh, and uh, definitely... Watch some football. That's what the day's about. No football about and beer and turkeys. No doubt Ooh, about it. Definitely going to get some good brews. Football, on Thursday. You said football, beer, and turkey? Is yeah. it turkey, football, turkey, and beer? Yep. Which was your, I don't think, that order doesn't matter. It doesn't order. They're getting the that. order does not matter because uh, beer also runs throughout the entire yeah, day. But, hey, the good thing is that is that because I work for the Lowndes County School System, we get off on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Ooh, I'm off Thursday and Friday, but I'm I'm anticipating an early dismissal from the old <laughs> office on Thursday. And by early dismissal, I mean I will be dismissing myself early <laughs> and sneaking out the back door. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But, again, happy Turkey Day, everybody, for no sure. No doubt about it. That's the DC Crossover, Episode 11, right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Definitely check us out on Twitter, uh, at the DC Crossover, on Facebook, DC Crossover Podcast. And definitely check out the DC Crossover. Crossover.com. Me and Ben uh, have been chatting over the past uh, week or two to find out uh, what, what we should do to keep getting more content on there. Definitely email out or even tweet us. Do whatever you need to do. Uh, if you have a uh, anybody who would like to write and give us, it's all opinion based. We like to sit there and make sure that uh, you know we have fun opinions and and fun articles to write. Uh, for, for everyone out there to, 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 to check out and everything like that. So definitely check out dccrossover.com. But, of course, our main deal is the podcast, uh, DC Crossover, right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Until next time, go Redskins. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, Give some thanks to the Pilgrims and, and to everyone else who created Thanksgiving. I, I guess that's what it is, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, so, There's your history lesson. <laughs> there it is. Uh, history back in the making. Okay, so again, that's Ben Simpson. I'm Mike Zerone yet again signing off right here for the DC Crossover. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.